What's the big idea? I basically wrote what, like forty percent of it. I was like, oh, don't need, and then just yeah, yeah, just, just go over. Comes over. Well, we're we're uh, we're on live, and uh, we are mm. back with another episode of Volleyballogy Uncensored. Woo. My name is Zuby. My name is Eric. And my name is Mitch. I feel like and I'm rushed every time. We I say are that. volleyballology. You feel like you're rushed, Eric? Yeah. Like my name is Eric. Oh, sorry. You want to say it again? No, I'm just nervous. Oh, still. you're <laughs> well, Eric's. So we we should mention why Eric's nervous. Eric's nervous because we found out this week, just by chance, Uh-oh. that we are oh, the yeah. number yeah. one Standards volleyball podcast. 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 <laughs> sorry, uh, podcast. We are the number one volleyball podcast in the United States of America. So I think that it's only fitting that, um, you know, since <laughs> I think it's time to start oh. looking the part. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. So I didn't bring my shades. Top Gun. Yeah, Top Gun. We're Top Guns, I guess, right? Yeah. Just call me Maverick. That's right. Um, I think that because my, my idea is that whenever you experience success, you should instantly change, <laughs> <Where aviators>. change, <laughs> yeah. right? Change whatever yeah. you did, because uh-huh. now people expect us to look a certain way and act a certain way. So, yeah. I think they, I think they call it like the technical term is going, uh, going Hollywood. <laughs> yes. Do those say Ferrari on them? No, close. <laughs> they say Porsche. Yeah, I can because remember. as you know, Porsche is a sponsor of the show. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Porsche, thanks for uh, giving us. Uh, yeah. The glasses. Yes. We're working our way up to the car. Like, and how, how is Porsche spelt in this uh, circumstance? Porsche? Yeah. Well, are you saying that these are fake? Amici is insinuating that I'm that I'm using uh, glasses that are uh, purchased from someone Zubies. in a subway. No offense to people who sell in the subways. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it's these are genuine Porsche design glasses. That was very genuine? descriptive of how you said Porsche? that. Porsche? Uh, Somebody in the subway. subway. Well, because yeah. I bought a fake watch in the subway once. <laughs> so I just called on my experience with the fraudulent items. It was a tag hewer <laughs> in, uh, I think it was Columbia. It was in South when I was playing. So I think oh, that's yeah. where I bought yeah. that watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it you know, looked real. Except it, it was like, I think it was called a tap hewer yeah. watch. Tag I don't even know if that's how you pronounce it. Is it tag hewer? You know what I'm uh, talking about? Uh, yeah. I've never heard of you never heard of it? Is it, is of it just T A G or is it T A A G? It's T A G, but mine was T A P. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway, uh, no, I'm gonna take these off because uh, I like to keep it real. We can't see your eyes, too. Yes, it makes mm-hmm. people feel like uh, I'm being dishonest. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, welcome to the show. This is episode 16, right? And this is uh, the ultimate parenting season we did one last week called the ultimate coaching season Mm -hmm. so this one is that was advice if you haven't heard it uh that was one for like what the ultimate season would look like for a coach from start to finish so this one like what they would do what they should do what they should do what they should do yes according to us and what they yeah what what a good practice would be good thing uh i mean best practices i guess we could say um so this one's about what the ultimate parent could do and how parents can really help their players and sort of, I don't want to say get out of their way, but you know what I mean? Like uh, not be a nag and uh, help their kid have a great season. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we hope everybody's uh, doing well out there. and uh, yeah. Got your listening ears on. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> as opposed to your um, talking yes, ears. Talking yeah. ears aren't so great because no. they get in the way. They do. Mm-hmm. They do. Both physically and um, emotionally. Oh, wait. <laughs> yes. Thank you for the say. <laughs> this is the part of the show that people want us to stop. Yeah, uh, <laughs> pretty much. Remember, you do have a fast forward button just uh, in our defense. Yeah, yeah. Right. And we are aware of that. That's right. Uh, so check your Spotify players. Oh, by the way, so we should tell people, I think some people, so we're on Pandora, we're on Amazon, we're on iTunes, we're on Spotify. You can watch or listen on Spotify, watch or listen on YouTube. I think we're on every, just about every podcast platform. So hopefully, let us know if you're on some p- platform that we didn't mention there. But I think we're on iHeartRadio, well, everything. It's kind of cool. So uh, thanks again. But we should say thank you to everybody, right? Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Support has been great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Big time. Online. Obviously, if you can, one of the biggest things you can do to help us is if you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, that'd be great because that helps us show up to a lot more people. And um, also, we're going to be putting out some other uh, versions of things, shorter things, shorter episodes, um, and uh, a lots more skill stuff out there as well coming soon, beach and indoor. So if you can follow us on YouTube, that would be great, Volleyballogy. Uh, but we'll get on with this because uh, we don't want to don't want to go to Hollywood. There's a lot of stuff, so it's, uh, it's, it's going to be a whirlwind. Yeah. Did you say whirlwind? Yes. The phrase whirlwind. is whirlwind. whirlwind. Yeah, well, he's <laughs> now, coining a new keep one. Keep in mind, whirlwind... <laughs> Even, worldwide. even better. Is there really only one wind around the world? Uh, yeah. I think the wind just blows the weather. It's just one around. It's not like there's different yeah. winds. Winds, right? Just like we are as a people. One. Wow. And I, it's a little early, but I think that that goes that requires a kumbaya. <laughs> kumbaya. <laughs> okay. I forgot we did that last time. We are but one wind. We are but one people. I forgot we did that last show. I haven't. Li- we talk oh. with our ears and listen with our hearts. I haven't listened to that one. <laughs> okay, that's enough. All right. Sorry. Uh, fast forward to whatever time yep. this is. There you go. <laughs> so, parents, uh, you're probably wondering how you can help your child. So, uh, I'm going to kick this off with, uh, again, I have a list of things here, and the guys are going to chime in as well, just because I have a little more <laughs> in the parenting and coaching side of things here, so I think it's a good... Well, Meech has kids. Meech mm-hmm. has kids, but uh, he hates them. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, his kids hate him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the only That's reason, how it goes. <laughs> the only reason Meech is here is because his kids don't let him in the house. Um, so here's one. Uh, I think a very important thing for players or parents uh, is to have their children uh, have other things in their lives. Um, Not only like, not just sports. I think sports are great to have up until a certain age. But you should make sure that your child isn't all in on volleyball all the time. So have other things in their world, not just for the activity itself, but also for the social circles. Because one thing parents listening know, and you guys would probably seen this maybe in your own lives and in your kids' lives, is if something goes toxic in that volleyball world socially, mm-hmm. then it's really nice to have them have another set of friends somewhere doing yeah. something else, you know, whether it's chess or video games or um, hopefully it's something, you know, not so, you know, something interactive and good for their minds. But, um, you know, even a, it could be another sport when they're younger. Mm-hmm. Really yeah. important not to, uh, it'll also teach the kid perspective. Right, because if they have other things in their lives that they're doing, then all their eggs aren't riding on this one in this one basket here. And if it goes bad, it's not the end of the world, you know. Right. So perspective, mm-hmm. keeps perspective. Yeah. Thoughts, and it'll it'll also be able to bring 
um, more towards the game. The more that they can uh, harmonize, the more that they can say something about other things, it makes them a more interesting person. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think think you said something that you like, the lessons they can bring from another thing to this. That's That's good, yeah. And and yeah, interesting person is good. Mm -hmm. Eric? Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I think definitely doing a ton of stuff is just good for the person. I don't know why it happened, but I ended up being friends with like, you know, like nerdy people. <laughs> that sounds bad already, but like, what the hell is that supposed to mean? <laughs> no, like, and I, I was on different sports teams, and like, you I was mean before of, you met like, us, cool guys, you were hanging. I'm out thinking with like, in high school, especially okay. when you're in that like fragile space or whatever. But like, yeah. I was just friends with different groups, mm-hmm. whereas some of the groups I was friends with, they were friends with only themselves right and then so like they were kind of like isolated pockets so i was like maybe maybe no one really liked me that much so i had to like float around or whatever oh, that's so sad. <laughs> that could be real right they but, could only take so much yeah yeah <laughs> yeah time. exactly so they, okay i'll go hang with these guys for a while but uh i think it i'm off sure they the liked you eric how could anyone not like you <laughs> that's from seinfeld oh seinfeld's uh, mom would always say that to him She's yeah. like, how can anyone not like you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Such a good mom line. All the moms out there can relate. All the players with moms out there can relate. But no, so you floated around different friend groups, and that was good. And sports mm-hmm. was one of the facilitators for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Like, we were the same. Right, Mitch? Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. When when you Especially even if it's a different type of sport, yeah. it'll give you that balance to be able to take a – a sporting perspective in other things yeah like tennis um even hockey whatever it is you know it, it helps cross train you yes well, it's good athletically but even like socially eric was saying i found it in high school i didn't have uh, a deep friend group i had lots of shallow friend groups <laughs> <laughs> and that was a distancing mechanism obviously right because i was afraid of people that they would find out how horrible i was <laughs> it only gave them so much time to yeah. really get to know you yeah. and then you're out right? because you I knew that if they spent time with me they wouldn't like me well because you were like what 22 when you were in high school I was 26 yeah, yeah. It's, it would have been hard was, yeah, I was in grade 43 <laughs> when I graduated grade 43 did they multiply it by two I don't know what they did but uh, all I know is that I was uh, fully bearded yeah. and um, on the first day of class everybody thought I was the teacher my name is Abignale not Abignale <laughs> quick hey, what, I, movie, I, I movie? Um, oh uh, Ferris Bueller? Uh, reverse, no. yeah. Not I'm, Ferris Bueller. <laughs> My name is Abignale, not Abignale. Um, oh, isn't that Back to the Future? Sounds like Catch Professor Me If You Can. Catch Me If You Can. Oh, you guys, you guys, I don't know. I'm acting my ass off. I think you brought that last time. I love yeah, that movie. You did, yeah. <laughs> Catch Me If You Can is like the best movie ever. Anyway, sorry, let's go on. We're back off topic again. All right. All right, number two. So make sure your kid has other things. Very important. Parents can help facilitate this. It makes your kid so much uh, less, uh, I don't know, what's the word? They don't, you don't want it to be catastrophic if something happens to their volleyball world. So diversity helps protect them from that. And it also gives them perspective when things go bad and they uh, have an escape. Maybe they can even build their confidence up in another area mm-hmm. when they, uh, in case their confidence gets attacked with a coach or... Well, yeah, and like if, if something, yeah, something shitty happens in the volleyball world and then they're hanging out with their friends in another group, they're 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 still in like a comfortable area where they, and they're they calm enough and they'll be able to now look at volleyball from the outside, mm-hmm. right? And be like, man, that really is like kind of crazy or whatever. And then that's what's going to help you kind of identify, you know, yeah, bad um, or unwanted 
volleyball clubs or like the next time when you go to tryout, you would be able to pick up on these little signals. Yep. Right. But if, cause if you're, if that's just your world, you're going to be stressed. It's going to be hard to get that separated point of view, I guess. Right? No escape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So that was a good one, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's one. Um, parents. I think that uh, something that parents really need to understand is that your child's mistakes or failures uh, have nothing to do with you or your self-worth. So a big thing, I think, that as parents, we fall into this trap of... Man, you just hit them with it, eh? Yeah, we just that's go... On, hard, that's a big one. That's yeah. a big one. But that's like, we, you know you know us, we like to get right to the point. <laughs> <laughs> once the singing is done... Dead um, on. Yeah. And we, once we're the, just... Once the jokes... Yeah. Once the, the, the comedy, once the... the uh, once we hit our four, basically. Yeah. yeah. The, the, we just hit them with it. That's right. Bam. The movie quotes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not Abignali. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so understand that, you know, then this cuts right to it. Uh, you know, sometimes parents who um, basically they, if they haven't, if they're not a confident parent, that those are the parents that tend to overemphasize the failures and uh, get, uh, take it personally. It's them failing on the court. It's, and same with coaches, they do this too. But um, the older you get, hopefully, the more you will start to separate uh, the kid's performance on the court from you and connected with that um keep in mind that they're how they handle how you handle or how they handle uh how they if they fail or succeed is irrelevant or not connected to you the only thing that is connected to you is how they handle success and failure Mm -hmm. so if your kid is a dick if they're winning that might be a reflection of you as a parent because you haven't prepared them for humility or the idea of grace. And if they handle losing badly or failing badly, that's a reflection of you because uh, not whether they fail or succeed, how they bounce back. Does that make sense? Yeah. So parents, remember, you have an impact on that more than just the, the result uh, so you want to teach your kid to handle adversity. See adversity. We talk about this a lot on the show. See these bad moments as gifts. They really are. They're really opportunities to be better, mm-hmm. to learn things, to handle things. Like if your kid breezes through life and then uh, hits a wall or hits some adversity, mm-hmm. you don't want them to have that in their 20s or when yeah. they move out of their house. You want them to have it when they're young. You want them to have it early. Um, and then you can help teach them that these are positive things. Yeah. Right. Right. I'm guessing this is part of the reason why they say having kids is such a, I don't know, not important, but like, no, it's not important. Life, <laughs> life changing thing that like, you know, everyone, all these wellness speakers and say they always say having kids is one of the best things you can do. Or did you know that? On, to, did you know that on social media somebody commented about how? Um, well, I guess they talked about kids and they mentioned that. Well, Eric, not yet. But maybe one day. <laughs> and I said, we're trying to get you to procreate, but you keep saying that it'll cut into your me time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it will. Like, I mean, uh, this, no, I'm learning a lot from this I podcast, said it was a joke. I said it was a joke. I, but I just yeah. want to tell you that. I don't want you to feel like I was making comments about your um, procreation. <laughs> is, it, is it still procreation if you're not create? Is it anti-con <laughs> con creation <laughs> lack of procreation oh this can anyway, go bad, bad I did, but the, I didn't I didn't mention the medical issue <laughs> <laughs> just kidding just kidding that's okay, not good. true oh well, hopefully yeah. it's not true but no you were saying sorry uh, kids yes uh, 
that they well i i'm just guessing like based on this they they give you the opportunity for these moments to have a reflection 100 percent, right so yeah that's all i was trying to say but, mm. yeah <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were gonna talk longer and i drank a sip of coffee yeah. Meech, any reflections on uh, how child uh how your childbearing <laughs> how uh, having children changed your life Oh, I mean, it's been an immense. I, I, I would, I never would have gone without it. I, I, mean, I never would have gone. <laughs> like, that's like saying, "Well, I can't change it now." So. Yeah, I mean, it is too late. But Eric, <laughs> regardless of what I want, but oh. uh, for Eric, um, man, is he going to be a super parent by the time we get through? Yeah, with maybe him. this little. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, meet. Sorry, can you articulate again how? Having children has yeah. affected you, or change, like you Immensely. would, you would do it all over again. Is what you're trying to say? Oh, I would. Yeah, I would. there's nothing like having kids. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Since I started parenting at like age seven, eight, nine, you, know. you, 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 you ignored the kids for the first uh, few years, <laughs> no. or you became a parent <laughs> yeah. when you were seven. Mm-hmm. You became a parent at age seven. At age seven. No. Yes. <laughs> Tamagotchi, right? <laughs> what is he talking about? No, they didn't have Tamagotchis. No, me, me yeah. seriously, how old were you when your first child was born? Oh, this okay. is... Meech doesn't even remember. Yeah. Eight. I don't know why he's doing this. I don't know why he's doing this. Anyway, uh, well, I'll just say it. Uh, having kids was the best thing I ever did. And it was worth all the labor pains. Did you just stare into the camera? Too? Yeah, because I thought it was a sincere oh, okay. moment. You know, my kids are, are out they going to watch this? My kids are out there watching and listening. Oh, okay. Well, when I'm dead, they'll watch these. <laughs> like, you know, I should have listened to Dad's podcast when he was live. Anyway. So yeah. when I screw up in parenting, I can just blame you guys. You can watch these shows back. And still blame you guys. Yeah, you can blame yeah, us. Yeah. There won't be anything wrong, though. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I gave them all the strength ability that I could pass down. <laughs> strength so. of, yes, if you missed it, a couple episodes, our show was brought to us, brought to you, brought to us, brought to you by the word strength ability. Hamichi invents words every week, just like whirlwind. Okay, yeah. so it's a real thing. Next up, you invented it. Yeah, you. No, I caught it. I caught you inventing it. I called Ca- you caught because mm-hmm, you didn't know that you said. I didn't say it. You said whirlwind. No, strength ability. Oh, strength ability. Yes, you said strength ability. Oh, yes, I coined that phrase. Fast right. forward now. So, but the was. joke was that you said it. That's the joke. <laughs> <laughs> you just confused. Eric, it's your turn. And we're back from the fast forward. And we're back. Yes, sorry, folks. I don't know what these guys are doing. Um, I think that's number one on Apple thing. It's gone to their heads. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, here's another thing, parents, you can do. Uh, learn and highlight differences between controllable and uncontrollable things a lot of times we uh we talked about this in an episode earlier um you know you're as a young player the best thing that they can learn is that uh there are things in their control and there are things beyond their control and too often as parents we model things like we try to control things that are beyond our control sort of going back to the last point like you can control your reactions you can control your effort you can control you know how you treat teammates you can't control unfair circumstances. You can't control when things go bad. You yeah. can't control if you get your team is losing and it's nothing to do with you as a player. Uh, so knowing that is very helpful and it cuts down on uh, anxiety and stress, right? Because anxiety and stress really is an attempt to control the uncontrollable. That's when we get anxieties. Yeah. And we, um, we get overwhelmed with things. Like we wake up in the morning sometimes and worry about things that are not in our control. 
And once you understand that, you know, all you can control are your reactions, your efforts, whatever, your performance, it's very liberating. So as a parent, when you start screaming or getting upset about things that are beyond your control, um, your son or daughter is picking up on that and then they might inherit that stuff. So it's very important that you model, well, that's, you know, very, you know, when your child's complaining to you about things, it's really helpful if you can start to uh, cut them off and sort of say, well, that's sort of not something that we can control, right? And it's very important for us to learn how to handle this because it's going to happen every, yeah. other places mm-hmm. in life. Like volleyball and, and all sport is just a metaphor, and it represents so many of the ebbs and flows of life, right? There's great moments and there's a whole bunch of crappy moments. And you could probably argue that the crappy moments might even outnumber the happy moments. So if you consider stress. I would and, think so. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, uh, but the, so it all, like, this is why we should be grateful for, for crappy moments, right? When, when crappy things happen, we should be very grateful because it's actually making you stronger. It's a beneficial thing. Because, yeah. uh, like, like I said, people who breeze through life without crappy things, they, they get over, they get, blown away by the first thing that, that hits the yeah. fan. So I don't know if you guys want to talk about learning how to control. Well, yeah, like following on that, like I think what helps me deal with things out of my control is just preparation and like preparing for like the next day in life or even uh, these situations. Um, you know, if you're going to do some type of like meditation, I forget the name of the practice, but you're visualizing or maybe a different word, but the loss of having that or like, Hey, ha- What's gonna What's it gonna be like having a bad season, or what's it gonna be like if my son or daughter doesn't get the playing time? You know, like we are gonna just it doesn't it doesn't have to be a meditation or a visualization. It's just a thought, a thought exercise. You can like because it's gonna happen, right? So, uh, and me and just in my everyday life, like preparation helps because that way it doesn't feel like life is dictating my path and that I'm just reacting to it kind of feels like hey like okay this circumstance happened i literally have no control over it and then all of a sudden i'm giving less resistance to it Uh i've already i've already encountered it in my mind and then you just kind of can choose your path around it and then um what else uh yeah uh uh, yeah just take taking opportunities when and where they arrive and a lot of opportunities um come from um those moments when life is trying to dictate your path trying to make you react and then you can either choose hopefully if you can find some space between that it's typically like an emotional trigger right something bad happens you get pissed off or you want to rage out but if you can again for me it's that yeah i actually do some meditation but it gives me that little bit of moment in time or like the brief moment where i can choose okay i can either react and get triggered and like get angry uh, or, or you feel that emotion rise up and just be like, no, you do have the ability to choose otherwise and then act differently. And then, um, cause it's going to be, whenever I have overreacted in a situation, I pretty much regret it, uh, mm-hmm. moments later. I'm like, I wish I didn't do that. And then, and then you, you reflect on that and it's like, what did that even achieve anyways? Right. right. I kind of just look like an idiot. Um, you didn't actually get your point across your, uh, what you were feeling, it's just, just came out in like anger or whatever. And not only that, like you don't know what that other person was going through in their life that made you feel this way mm-hmm. or like why they acted that way. Cause again, it's just out of your control. Right. So, so it's kind of, there's a couple of things in there that you're saying that there's the, um, knowing that your reactions are under your control and the pause between, um, when something happens and your reaction, like, so meditation yeah. kind of helps you train Gives to, you a to space. catch that, right? Like that's the, that's really gold, right? Like that's sort of a, something that we all strive for. I think it's a, 
a key point in uh, I don't want to say Scientology. <laughs> but Whoa! But, well, they used to sell it as Dianetics on, on TV in an infomercial when I was a little kid, and I was uh, you know I was like an '80s TV kid. So what was it called? Dianetics. They used to sell Dianetics, but then you're reading. <laughs> I don't want to get political, oh, yeah, okay. but, but basically, um, but the, you know there is talk. It's a philosophical meditation idea, really. That you know, I, I guess a lot of religions adopted, including yeah, you know, Scientology. Um, and including uh, John Travolta and Tom Cruise. But um, <laughs> the idea is that uh, there's a gap, right, between the reactive, how your reactions and, and the, the source of your you know, anger. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, bet- before you react, there's some gold there if you can stop, harness. It's kind of like what we talked about um, earlier, players, remember how to get players mentally strong, if they can start to recognize unproductive thoughts, you know, and yeah. if you can start to see them floating around, like I'm a shitty passer, wait a minute, every player in the history of volleyball has had that thought about themselves. Is it productive? Is it going to help me? No disregard. Yeah. Right. Instead of trying to stop negative thinking, which is impossible to do, you're never going to eliminate negative thinking. It's actually part of our evolutionary survival techniques. We're trained. And the only reason we're here is because we think negatively, because we're afraid of predators around the corner. Yeah. Right? I don't know about you guys, but I always think there's like someone trying to eat me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good looking steak. I'm a good looking dude. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and so, um, but, uh, my shorts, stress and like, just, you know, yeah, stress short reduces that, that time or even eliminates it where you, the, the trigger happens and you're emotional. hundred percent. Right. Well, actually it's so funny that you were having this conversation. I don't know what, if this show is like symbiotic with my life, but like last night I had discussion with both of my kids, separate conversations. They're both struggling with like, they had both big tests coming up and I was like, so like, you're worried about the result and that's what's causing you stress and your brain doesn't function when you're stressed mm-hmm. right stress mm-hmm. hormones inhibit learning mm-hmm. so it's so funny i said you know what's funny like why don't you just look at the stuff you're trying to learn and enjoy it like no, just learn it. forget about the test forget about the consequence and just once you look at these are cool concepts that you're getting a chance to learn Okay, read it for interest sake. <laughs> just is, interesting, right? This is funny. And just then you will just, who cares about the test? Don't get, because if you care about the test or the result, then you're kind of falling in the trap of becoming like this worker who's being told what to learn you, and then you resist it. I said like, you know what? People love reading books like we talked about before until the teacher says, yeah, this is due tomorrow. And then there's like work. So you got to separate that. So get that junk out of your head, get the result out of your head. Focus on the process. Enjoy the content. Just relax. Mm-hmm. Don't even worry about the result. And then nine times out of ten, ten times out of ten, you end up performing better anyway because you, yeah, you right. were relaxed through this process. And yeah. so one of the kids was up till two last night and really just took that advice and went to school <laughs> a little tired, mm-hmm. aced the test because she understood what she was learning, the content. It was like a lot of memory work. It was a lot easier to absorb for yeah, her, right? Yeah. So I compared it to like lecture notes. When you're interested in it. Well, I compared you... it to lecture notes in university, like the kids who are trying to write down every word yeah. of what the prof's saying, never get it. Whereas if somebody sits back and just listens to the prof, yeah. they're like, oh yeah. And then I told them about sports. I said, in volleyball, don't we do the same? The players who are afraid to mess up or uptight or worried about the results never succeed because they're too tight. The one who's loose relaxed doesn't care about the result Mm. i even told my daughter remember last year when you were getting benched and you didn't think it was fair Mm -hmm. and i told you just swing 
Now you have no fear. You're not going to, what are they going to do? Reduce your playing time even yeah. more? They're not. So then she started swinging free, didn't care, became one of the better players on the court, became a great player in general because she learned the difference of playing afraid and uptight versus playing loose. And it's the same with learning anything. So, I mean, if you can um, get to that point where, you know, you can control your mindset in moments. Right, that's what parents should teach their kids, mm-hmm. and parents should model that. Yeah, mindset. Like I, I sit around in tournaments, and parents would always say to me, "This must be driving you nuts watching the girls like lose this." And I'm like, "No, I mean it's their turn, right?" I, I always tell them they're probably better than I was at that age. I didn't have like all the, the chances to play, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I said that I want my kids to get their asses kicked. <laughs> well, the other parents are dying for the kids to win. I'm like. I want them to lose as much as possible as early as possible <laughs> because then I know that they really love it. Yeah. And two, then I, I know that they're uh, in it for the right reasons because you know what's really neat? Like, remember we talked about this earlier in the show, or earlier in an earlier episode about how kids, like sports used to produce really mentally tough quality kids. But you know why it's not anymore? Like I'm seeing kids succeeding at high levels who are not who don't have the right mindset and it's because they're doing it for the wrong reasons wait so they are succeeding though well there's not at the highest like, levels but they're they're, they're, they're succeeding at the yeah they're succeeding at the end of club they're getting you know offers to to universities and post-secondary yeah. institutions i don't think they can succeed in the long run 100 percent, i think they'll collapse right because mentally because they are doing it for the wrong reasons but what but we never even used to like 20 years ago you wouldn't even see a kid succeeding in the in the high school ranks if they had the wrong mindset you know are those kids came out with a better mindset generally yeah um but the reason why it's changing is because they're all doing it for the wrong reasons they're doing it for instagram like you know people who hit the gym so they can post the workout right people who um you know, want to show online that they got the offer from the post-secondary institution. Well, picks or it didn't happen, right? So what's that? It said picks or it didn't happen. Oh yes, exactly. Picks or it didn't happen. <laughs> yes, so I did. I, I'm so old that I didn't catch that. Yeah, picks. Yeah, picks are proof that it happened. Yeah, and that's the way the world is. And so these people, these young younger athletes, whereas 20, 30 years ago, athletics used to teach us something true about the world, right? Performance, hard work pays off. It's a meritocracy. Today, it's like you're not doing it for the love of the game, for the struggle. You're doing it for the wrong reason. And therefore, I think we are seeing, you know, I'll take that back. I am seeing like national team players, high level players who still have the wrong mindset. Yeah. And and they don't win. They don't win against the best in the world. Yeah. But they get on their national programs. Yeah. And they're not there. And that's the difference. Because it, so it's, it's one part of the whole complement of what your skill comes out to be like oh sorry your skills when you know skill genetics training and stuff like this but that's that part of that mental aspect right that's like the other ones can carry you quite far but um yeah you'll it will finally show its its weakness if yeah if it's based on like because it's still based on results so we're going back to that thing where because you won't be able to have that that drive when it's really tough right right Or, or when it is really tough like you're saying those negative thoughts they're going to stick. They're yeah. going to go in there instead of just acknowledging that they're just thoughts, right? They're going to yeah. stick and then... And they just won't post about the failure. <laughs> like yeah. That, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. Like the failure just won't be posted about. Like it's... If you're doing it for the audience, then it's very difficult to do it in private when nobody's watching. 
Like there's there's something really nice about you know Rocky Four, <laughs> Rocky Three. You know when he goes out and trains in the in the no wilderness, like we talked this. about. Yeah. The, the, the reason why he put that in the movie is because that's he was a rich guy who had all the uh, you know conveniences by then, so he wanted to replicate doing it for the struggle, not for the image, because you know that's why that's when people lose, right? When they get that's a great story to tell. It's and a great, and that's why those movies like, are so they're yeah. so powerful. People underestimate because of Sylvester Stallone, and people forget that he wrote the first one. Yeah, and he's an and artist. He was this guy. like poor when he wrote it, and he took a huge gamble on him. Yeah. To, like he, you know, the story right where he took the role. They were offering him millions of dollars for the script. He said, "Pay me a million, and I'll let me act in it." And they were like, "You can barely talk." Yeah, and he's like, "No, no, no, I want to do it." He's and amazing. Then, and then the story is powerful, right? And yeah. uh, it's about not being the even Apollo. Like I know this is a really old reference for people, but the boxer that Rocky and Rocky one beat was all about the glitz, the glamour, the yeah. show, doing it for the wrong reasons. And he still won. They did. They did make that a realistic ending where Rocky didn't win. Spoiler alert mm-hmm. <laughs> for yeah. a forty-year-old movie. Uh, but uh, he, uh, they did show that you know the the real struggle, the mentality there was that the real struggle is uh, better for you as a person than the uh, the glitz, the glamour, the wrong reasons. Right? Wasn't that kind of the same in the first Matrix? You know, was it was the name Mr. Smith? He's like, he's just confused why he keeps getting up. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just thought of that right now. Yeah, I don't know. I, the Matrix was a Remember when he's false reality. And yeah. I'm I sure mean, there was components there was, in there's there. There's probably a lot that isn't compared. It's just like I'm thinking of the last flight when he's just beating Neo up. And he's like way stronger. Mm-hmm. But what ends up, what how Neo ends up beating him is the fact that he just won't give up. But right. that's but that's just one specific thing. Yeah. And then, but then, yeah, it gets all and weird. And I don't know and if like it was a super, it was the other guy superficial yeah technically he, he was? was part of the matrix he was a program in the matrix oh, and okay. neo so was, lacked substance neo gotcha. was a real person but digitally interfaced oh that's funny yeah because digitally yeah, 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 yeah. yeah okay well <laughs> thanks for ruining that segment <laughs> yeah Eric. sorry jesus oh, sorry Jeepers. i have something good to say too i don't want to say but, uh, uh substance fake reason but I, that's why i think like parents you can take the lead on this and, and understand teach your child about the idea that you know like and eric said this too the preparation can lead to a lot of uh control it leads to self-control that's what sort of i was getting at too with my kids yesterday about the test stuff is that like you know pr- if you prepare that but not for the result prepare in a way that you are like getting into this content, getting into this process and enjoying this process. Forget about the result. This is why I tell people like, mm-hmm. so again, it sort of ties in with my next point. Encourage your child to uh, not have them um, buy into external validation. So basically at the end of the day, the marks mm-hmm. and the result are praise from coach. You don't want your kid to get too excited when they get a positive result because yeah. you also want, like remember how many times I tell people, mm-hmm. don't worry about what other people it. think. Don't worry about what other people think. But we only say that when they are negative. So the way to really help your kid understand that is like, you know, if if a person, a coach you don't like is giving you a ton of playing time and you don't think they're a good coach, then they are still not a good coach. If you are having uh, a teacher who tells you that you're an idiot, uh, then they're, they're, you know, they're off base and that's an awful thing to say to someone. But by the same token, if that same teacher praises someone, they're still a bad person. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the goal is to make your kid not um, reliant on external validation. And let's face it, points in a volleyball game, aces, kills, these are external validations. This is why I hate it when coaches tell players to play loud. No, you want your kid to be who they are. You want the players to be who they are. 
and not change their demeanor based on what's happening. You don't want to know. I don't want to look at my kid. Um, I, you know, if my kid is up by five or down by five in a match. You don't want your kid to, you don't want to look at your kid and tell, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah, that's yeah. stoicism. That is serene. Yeah. That is steady. And that's not being controlled by external validation. Mm-hmm. You know, Eric, you look like you're going to say something. Right? Yeah. Can I, can I say the thing? <laughs> nope. No. It's uncensored. Like, you can Eric, say, Eric, like, I said no. Eric, I said no. <laughs> There's things adults are doing. And I think, um, you know, just as, as a parent uh, that your kid picks up on how you model your behavior. Well, I think as adults, as a general community, our kids as a community are modeling what we're doing. And the thing I'm dreading saying, but is, is there like virtue signaling going on? Because like, so we were, I was hanging out with a buddy last night who, who coaches, we used to play together and, um, we got, uh, to give a kid who we used to coach, who's now playing varsity, uh, just some one-on-one time hanging out. I got to serve a bunch of balls at him. He's in his second year of varsity and he just wanted to, he wants to get more reps, which is awesome. And I used to play beach with him. Like his demeanor is great. Um, but he was just telling us, you know, and again, I've had, I've played volleyball with some emotional guys, but he was just telling us stories of, um, one of the players on his team, he just like, he'll, it's a setter and he'll cry like multiple times in a game. Now, again, I'm not, I don't want to say that's no, no, bad no. or anything, yeah. but like, but then we heard another like story. Cry, cry out of happiness or sadness? Out of like making mistakes and stuff. Ooh, wow. how old, what age group are we talking here? Varsity? Yeah, we're talking varsity, like, so 18 to, well, wow. you could be 26, right? But then, and then we had another story of it. So then, and then like, so like what can I, what year? <laughs> Sorry, I don't want to, uh, what year is he? I think he, I think he, I think this, uh, I don't know this kid in particular is either 20 to 24. Okay. Right. And so, um, and then depression thing too. And then, and then another guy on his team who's kind of new to volleyball, but I came from uh, basketball, I think, and he's learning middle and he's like, he'll do a bunch of great things and then he'll make one mistake and he'll just like shut down and stuff. Right. So I'm just posting a question of like, are, are our younger players just like, under more pressure or more pressure uh, like uh under uh, an illusion are they perceiving like they have more well <laughs> eyes on them or whatever that like so then when the slightest thing happens it's a big deal or is there really some uh something where they think if they get emotional that they will get more attention or i mean that's like a basic thing for toddlers and infants it's something that that mm-hmm. we learn which is again has its evolutionary purpose right um to cry or whatever to get attention from them because maybe there is something wrong with the child but then it depends on how that is continually nurtured and addressed that how that um behavior then grows right so mm-hmm. yeah i'm just putting a question out there like maybe well, it's not. Is, it's is not there a more pressure? Um, yeah. Well, I think social media can make a, a, it seem like uh, there's more pressure because if it's everything's being taped, if everything's being digitally recorded, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> then they would feel that. But um, like our other pro athletes, like having, then that's that's what having a, a great mindset takes care of, and sometimes people forget that that's a, a definite building block that mindset has to be created too. And parents can really help with that, um, uh, making you know, uh, positive um, reinforcements, um, being the, the, the kid's um, biggest fan, um, 
that's what kind of whether they win or lose yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly exactly just kind of breaking mm-hmm. it down not, not being um uh, results based mm-hmm. you know and I, I think so to answer that question too i would say that the number one thing is social media mm-hmm. and i think that if you are raised in social media it's a world where everybody's succeeding Mm-hmm. And so when you have a failure, yeah, exactly. it's like I'm yes. the only one. So yeah. there's this understanding that all uh, you see are, the all you see are yeah. these fake. It's a false augmented reality. Going back to your matrix thing, that's really no, but that's yeah. really what it is. It's a matrix because people are looking online, scrolling through all these images of amazing vacations, amazing yeah. workouts, amazing. Wow, this player has been you know selected to go here. So it leads to impatience mm. because you like want success now. Uh, one thing you'll see too is like whenever like someone announces that they're getting engaged online, how many how many other friends, uh, you know, other people get engaged right away afterwards, right? From the pressure because they're my age and they're getting engaged. They're my age. They're getting kids. They're my age. They're going on great vacations. Hmm. And these people without the money are going on vacations. Damn. They're buying homes. They're doing things that they don't have the money for because they're so desperate to keep up online, right? And show that to the world. So that's translating into these things. I would submit yeah. to you that that guy. I mean, not to you know, diagnose or anything, but yeah, there's anxiety, depression, but it does, it does sort of tie in with like, I am seeing more kids with harsh reactions, more parents with harsh reactions yeah, because they're living this on life online world and it's making everybody antsy. And so I always tell people, you know, the social media world is absolutely false. Not only is it showing you weird, like it's showing you weird algorithms that make you believe the outside world is not anything like, like people walk out their door and they think that, you know, whatever crap they're seeing online is like right around the corner everywhere. But that's the same with everybody's successes. Like everybody, like, listen, everybody has uh, shit in their lives and everybody has stress and everybody has tension and everybody has anxiety. So even the coolest profile you're finding online, whether you're a young person, an adult or parent or that cool family that gets all the breaks in volleyball or that cool, whatever, I guarantee you they have their shit and you're just not seeing it. And so that leads to people with those horrible reactions. That's what's causing the, uh, all of society to get uh, these horrible reactions mm-hmm. because their patience is worn thin because they think that they're not keeping up. They're frustrated with themselves. It, it all ties into low self-esteem, right? Yeah. You hate yourself because you don't have whatever you're seeing online, on TV. It was bad enough when it was magazines and movies and TV for our generation, mm-hmm. but now it's in your pocket and it follows you 24-7. Dude, it would, yeah, it, I lean away. It would get to me, like, especially during those times when I was working and working too much and I was stressed and I just wasn't taking care of myself I would be on my phone more I'd be looking at these things more and I'd be feeling shittier about myself right mm-hmm. and I, it took some like awareness to be like and finally getting out of it and be like oh my god like what the hell yep. have I been doing for like a I, I can assure everybody too out there too like whenever you see someone online posting a lot of stuff about how hard they're working they're full of shit because you know why you know who's not posting online the people who are actually too fucking busy to be online yeah. <laughs> posting that shit. I can tell you this as a business owner, as an athlete, mm-hmm. I saw a lot, and as a coach too, right? Remember we were just talking about this before the show started. I can tell who the frauds are and they know I know they're a fraud because I knew, I've known them for years. And I remember seeing all these people just as a business owner too, all these, like when I was building up sort of our business uh, for 20 years of hard work alone, it's very lonely work. And I had to go on uh, social media to make a post for our business. The only reason I really hang out on social media is not for like my own personal selfies or anything. And I would see all these people posting about how they're doing business and how they're doing that and they're doing blah and they're bragging about how busy they are. And I'm like, if you if you were really succeeding, you wouldn't be doing that. You yeah. may, maybe you'd be paying someone to make some stuff, but you wouldn't <laughs> be on there yourself uh, bragging about how much you have, right? So 
everything online is uh, like a matrix. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, if players and parents can help understand that that's why even themselves, like they're feeling tension, even parents at these volleyball events, like you're so desperate for your kid to be like that kid or that get the breaks like that team. Mm-hmm. It's a toxic way to live, right? And it's external validation, which started this whole conversation. So mm-hmm. get away from that shit, good or bad. Yeah. Uh, I really recommend parents, you teach your children to understand that, you know, let's suppose someone started saying you're an amazing player. Let's suppose you started winning a bunch of games. Uh, there's always someone who can kick your ass too, by the way, right? Like, yeah. we, you know, whenever you're, you're, you think you're so great, never, never be like that because <laughs> that's it's yeah. gonna, it's gonna ensure that you will. Fail. I mean, if you win, if you win like tier, like your know, B division, like definitely celebrate, but yeah, you can be happy, <laughs> but don't get cocky. But like, right. you just like, you're still ninth to yeah. eight other teams or something. Yeah. <laughs> Cockiness is different than confidence, right? Mm-hmm. Some people, some people don't like confidence and they think you're cocky because their own insecurities, but cockiness is putting other people down and making them feel like crap and it's toxic and it's loserville. Uh, confidence is liking yourself, understanding you make mistakes, having patience with other people, uh, understanding that they're not you, you're not them and being kind. Confidence is kindness, yeah. but, 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 uh, not weak. And it's, 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 uh, confidence is being open to let happiness kind of happen because if if you're kind of not confident they're always low self-esteem how can you really uh be sensitive to a happy moment because like anything anytime something good happens you just be like comparing it to some gloomy thing right so yeah i'm just saying like it's be relative like if, if you do win a b division or whatever yeah don't be cocky don't be arrogant like still celebrate you probably worked hard to do that and even if you win a division yeah right because yeah that's good the point. problem that's good the problem the point. problem isn't the b division guys <laughs> usually it's the a division guys yeah. and then they don't realize that they'll get their ass kicked in the next tournament <laughs> yeah um, yeah like it's the insecurity really of the so that's what i love is i love seeing high level athletes i mean we all do right we all love people who are high achieving and humble yeah and you quickly figure out that that's why they're high achieving yeah. they're high achieving because they're genuinely humble right okay. um not the other way around and humble you can manifest itself usually in being coachable mm-hmm. and willing to learn okay. but not from people who have done who aren't qualified <laughs> this is where the coaching world and the parenting world collide because you know that coach thinks that the kid's not coachable but it's because they know that what the coach is telling them is not working right. and not productive. And it's not, it's not rooted in logic. And there's that question of why, right? Mm-hmm. Coaches who can't answer the why, they love to rail against parents about, well, why are you doing this? And they get offended at that question. But that's the re- they're offended because they don't have an answer. They're not prepared. They're not, yeah. <laughs> they're not secure. They don't have logic. They're not humble enough to rethink their theories, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I honestly have rethought. I've... I I constantly change, like even in coaching, like if somebody comes up to me with a new theory or a new idea or a new approach, I will weigh it, see if it passes the bullshit test, which for me as a player is easy to check because it's practical. If it's not going to work on the court and I can tell them why it's not going to work on the court, because a lot of things come down the pipe for coaches in fairness to them from people who played a lot. And some of those players are not uh, putting it through that stress test. Right. Like, is this going to work? Like we talk about this, you know, the whole debate of facing the setter yeah. on serve receive. Like we know as players, there's no way that works. Yeah. Because if you get served hard down the line, 
you're not gonna yeah. you, you gotta face where the ball is coming from yeah. and every high level player who coach says that and every good coach who listens to high level players will teach that but a ton of coaches will forbid players from facing the server which is insane dude and volleyball is a great opportunity because it's a much simpler it's a simple game right it's not like there, there's it's not there's not too many different things going on but like compared well, simple to for us simple well, for us right right but i mean it's complicated for but if, don't if you know. spend enough time in it learning about it playing it studying it like it it's much simpler in relation to what Football. life is oh life yes yeah yes. right so yeah. like you have the opportunity to like work out these challenges uh, with volleyball as a model and then it can be applied to a bigger bigger game right maybe kind of. we should examine that is volleyball more complicated than life Ooh. Ooh. i mean you have setters in life right you got the people who set things up for people you have people who attack things you have people who are too timid what's the libero though what do they do the libero is that person that we all rely on to do the dirty work right we barely even high five them when the <laughs> <laughs> we like, forget about we're like the it's because they're way down here it's because they're way down here no it's <laughs> terrible i'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, thank we're you like, to you liberos. we're like great kill hitter <laughs> the liberos hey there's no hit without my pass like get off the middle's in the front again <laughs> We can't have the other team see you. <laughs> Hide the libero. They're hideous. No. Um, no, I mean, you know, maybe volleyball is life. Mm. It is in a way, but... Shoot, I think I just renamed the podcast. Ooh. Mm. That's not very profound. Everybody says that every sport, <laughs> soccer is life, volleyball is life. Right. Anyway. But only volleyball is life anyway. Only, yeah, only volleyball. Yeah. Called it, aced it. There we go. Yep. And back from the break. And back from the break. <laughs> so, uh, okay. Take a look oh, at sorry. how um, we can stay away from those external um, influences, uh, that external gratification, right? Mm -hmm. It's got to become internal. So, like, I would say, like, even to Eric, how do you gain internal validation for yourself? You mean self-gratification? Oh, I don't Eric, want, don't turn do this internal. Sorry, don't turn this into. He doesn't mean self gratification. Okay, how do I, I turn? I don't want. I don't want to get political. Um, I was looking at my. Piece how of do here. how do um, people stay away from the external, um, like social media, the 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 uh, the flash and the glitter? How do you get internal? Well, I I think I don't think you stay away from it. I think it's kind of like. Um, experience it and like maybe suffer in it for a bit or something or learn what the learn what the bad things are again i'm just, from personal experience it's almost like i have to go through it and experience the shittiness and then but the only way i'm able to kind of see outside of it is like i finally get outside i get some separation right and i get some perspective on that bubble that i was living in and then i'm like holy crap like and then because what will happen is all of a sudden I'll, I'll grab my phone and it'll be like a moment where I'll, I'll look at Instagram and I'll just have this like kind of like trick or this moment of like, oh my God, this thing, literally I just looked at it and I can feel this emotion just happen. And it goes back to that space, that lack of space between the trigger and my emotion. And then so all of a sudden, once you have that space, then you become aware of it, that you have the, the opportunity to choose. So um it's like yeah to choose the the internal instead to choose yeah to 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 internally choose to let that trigger you or let it pass right or just understand what it it is for what it is and like in the breakdowns that we had of like 
the all you ever see on Instagram or whatever is these, you know, su- supposedly successful people. That's the only part of the life their life that you see is this great thing that they're doing, but they have their own shit or whatever, right? So it's like and I, and I kind of use this whenever I get mad at someone. Um I just kind of I try to imagine their life or what they've gone through and then I can see like, you know, they've they had from what I know, they've had this abuse or this or that, mm. and maybe it's manifesting now, like, and that's why they lashed out at me or something. And then as soon as I kind of go through that, it immediately like just diffuses my anger at them. And then, and then it reminds me of things I have control of and things I don't. So I would say, I would say go through it. And then as the parent, just like, hopefully you have that dialogue with your kid to be able to talk to them about their use on social media and like things that they kind of feel, or, I mean, <laughs> you probably <laughs> your kids will probably tell you some shit that you don't want to even hear about, but like you get to hear it anyways. And like, that's kind of good. Cause then you can, um, I don't know, carefully or not so carefully, like talk about it. And mm-hmm. then, and then you can kind of examine it and ask them some kind of questions like, Oh, well, why did you look at it? How did it make you feel? Why are you still using it? Or, um, or what do you think, what do you think is a healthier way to use it? Um, like, is it making you, uh like not sleep as well at night are you looking at it at night are you like looking the social at the media you mean? Like yeah, the yeah 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 mm-hmm. yeah no i think you're right i think there's a lot of things i like the fact that you said like you have to the only way to learn it really is to deal with it like some parents who just say take it away from their kids that's not really a good answer because then they're just gonna you find make it, it yeah you right? make it the forbidden fruit uh, yeah and the kid never has the opportunity like some of the I remember around the age where our kids were like getting into it a lot on their phones. And I was like, you know, I'm freaked I, out about this, by the way, for when I have kids, it's like, man, when do well, I give them, you know what though, you know what though, but, but people, people need to understand people were Take freaked out about books. You know, when books were brand new, Yeah, yeah. Uh, people in the 1400s and 1500s were like, Oh, the kids are all on books and they're, they're in their books too long. So don't worry about that. Cause okay. everybody's always been afraid of the new technology. Every generation has with us. It was Walkmans and, mm-hmm. you know, microwaves and, uh, <laughs> Uh, but uh, so, so I remember letting, so I remember there was no value in me regulating phone usage and social media usage for my kids. Mm-hmm. I remember that I stopped. I said, you know what? I have to teach them to regulate themselves because they're going to be away from me in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. So if they're used to dad coming in or the app shutting off their phone or whatever, that's not teaching them self-regulation. So we talked about social media. We talked about all these things we talked about in terms of like, perception reality reality and they see the fake stuff online and they're aware yeah. of it now and they it was beautiful because when i a couple times i remember letting them just go nuts i was like all right fine i'm not even going to take their phone we never let their phone stay in the room at bedtime that was always a rule we use it. they have real alarm clocks highly recommend parents do that just because your kid needs to downtime just for sleep quality yeah and you know mess they'll be messaging till four in the morning some of their friends they'll wake up in the morning their friends were messaging them at like four in the morning yeah. five in the morning yeah they've been up all night and then they're going to school the next day so anyway so uh, the beauty of it is when i let them go they got sick of it they like you said let them it let them feel shitty they're like oh i hate the way i feel with my phone too long and i yeah. was delaying that lesson the, it sounds in, it's again it's, it sort of goes back to everything it sounds counterintuitive that you let your kid go into this shitty behavior mm-hmm. for the point of them that's the only way they're going to learn and if you prevent yeah. them from falling mm-hmm. in life and think of this all across the board this applies to volleyball applies to everything if you prevent them from failing mm-hmm. then you're actually delaying them their ability to learn for themselves 
So again, like, you know, if I say that again, like parents who are constantly trying to protect their kids from bad things, mm-hmm. you're actually preventing your kid from learning faster. Right. Kind of yeah. interesting, right? Yeah. And I mean, I've um, taught my daughter how to reflect. So that's an important part of, of that same balance where, hey, if you're, if you're, you know, let's say, say it, maybe it wasn't a, a behavior that, uh, that you approved of. You say, okay. Um, how do you feel once you've come through this? Like, do you feel better? Did you get enough sleep? Uh, how do you feel about it? Mm. If they can reflect with you, so then they can get an idea of, you know, it's true value of whether it be a phone, whether it be a video game, anything like that. So what's the key to uh, allow this open dialogue? I'm, I'm guessing it's don't or don't instantly yell at them or something or don't instantly... Like, uh, it just sounds like if you were to say it just like you did there in a nice, calm way or whatever, like, why would they not talk to you? Like, they're your parent or you're sorry, you're their parent that there's some innate trust. And like, um, so, yeah, I'm just asking straight up, yeah. like, just Mitch? just don't overreact and like, don't freak out or just ask them in a calm way like you just did. And like, usually they'll they'll talk to you, right? You're going to make up a good, good parent Hey-o. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> number, number one, um, frequent. Um, get ahead of it um, so that they can do their own reflection and so that it's not something like a build up, build up, build up so that why, right. why is, um, why is mom or why is dad um, getting on me this now? Like, like don't have that tension build up so that it's an open dialogue, right? So it's almost like you're going to make them a little bit uncomfortable, mm-hmm. you know, a bit before or let them get, uncomfortable is what you mean yeah or i don't know like he's almost i i, I took that like you're gonna kind of because i remember as a kid like you you think as a your parents like ah like leave me alone or whatever but like you're gonna <laughs> bug them as a parent bug them now because it should or i think we were, we were yeah. talking about this, like be mean now or not mean but like be mean now because it's like this is the because if you let it go too long and then something happens mm-hmm. then it's a big deal and then you have to put in like a hard rule or something mm-hmm. and then they're going to resent you even more yeah right yeah. also oh, that's kind of what i, I took from we, that. we were talking about how it's if you uh it's easier parenting to let the kid go and not intervene. Well, right. right. That's it's so, harder. It's harder for the parent to be the heavy when they need to be, mm-hmm. but parents need to do that hard thing. Right. There are some times. So, so in this case, like with the social media, I was regulating their phone. I was like, you know, putting a limit on things for a while until they hit a certain age. Like once so, they hit about 15, 16 and their brains are starting to get closer. So it's almost to like two, two strategies. Like it's not like one is better than the other, but like two different. Yeah. There is scenario. a time when kids aren't aware of what's good for like, you know, frontal lobe stuff, brain development. We know kids' brains aren't developed yeah. very well up until early twenties. Decision-making literally kids can't make good decisions. Yeah. Like, you it, don't it's want, impossible. Yeah. You don't want to let your kid go through like a whole bunch of like, experimenting with drugs and alcohol and shit right that's something you hopefully you've built this trust up and dialogue that you can coach them Mm -hmm. before right and then you know like it's probably gonna happen they're gonna drink or some Mm. at some point right Mm -hmm. but so like so and this is getting into like interesting topics but it is all connected because even yeah, drug and, well, no, no, but drug and alcohol use is very much connected with, I mean, the, the idea is like self-destructive behavior, right? right? And so self-destructive behavior is also um, being an idiot on the court, overreacting, screaming, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it does tie yeah. in. The, 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 yeah. the, the real thing that though, that controls all of that is uh, what, what are self-destructive behaviors? And, you know, again, just again, you know, 
teaching psychology and taking psychology. I'm not just some guy. Like I have studied some of this, so I don't want to don't want people to say that I've watched a lot of Dr. Phil or something. But but you know, we know that those are escapes, right? Yeah. So people do those things when they need to escape very often from their realities. So like people who are weekend alcoholics or kids who get drunk every weekend at school. There's something to get attention there. or fit well, in, yeah, or which is the f- the f- an escape, and it's yeah. also a sign of low self-esteem. Right? Yeah. So yeah. either way, you're not valuing yourself. You have a lot of pressure to fit in. Um, you want to escape some reality. So, yeah. you know, if you have I mean, a lot of people think that, what am I going to do? My kids using drugs and alcohol, or my kids are doing all sorts of you know self-destructive stuff. I hate to say this to parents, but you know it it's already like it, there's a reason why they're doing it and yeah. it's earlier in life and it could have been you. It could have been someone in your family. It could have been something that happened to them when they were kids. There's a need to escape. And this is why therapy became very popular in the West because the idea of talking through addressing these issues, underlying causes, it's not a very, you know, our society is such a superficial world. So we see the parent acting out. We see the coach acting out. We see the player acting out and we just say asshole. Yeah. We don't say, like you said something about, you know, someone, you, you lower your um, anger level when you start understanding where asshole behavior comes from. Right. And that's sort of the commonality or common element in all of what we're talking about here. So, mm. so usually like with our kids, like, I know, like, you know, I remember I told you guys, like, my wife will say to the kids, like, you would tell us if you were using drugs, right? <laughs> and we all just kind of laugh because because the environment has already been set where that just... It's not going to happen. Well, it's it for... could... It, I mean, it, if it did happen, it would be talked about openly and it would be like, hey, you know, my friends were trying it, so I tried this. And we're like, okay, well, that's cool. What were you escaping from? Because <laughs> those kids are doing it because they have this, this, and this in their, in their lives. What were you? I was just trying it, but I hated it. I was like, okay, good. <laughs> then that's because of the conditions. And it's very tricky because, you know, not, I mean, you know, a lot of things can trigger. It doesn't have to be major. It could be any sort of trauma in a childhood. Divorce is, you know, devastating for kids and not to blame any parents out there, but that, that that's trauma that people aren't able, yeah. aren't ready to handle, right? So, um, but I think that, so the, to bring it back to volleyball, the idea that, and I think meets your question that started all of this was like, how do you bring it to internal? Mm-hmm. I think that's where it, it, it just, it's a, it's, it's a mindset of the family, a yeah. mindset in the household, like you were talking about with your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and y- you just have to teach them that, so for one thing early on, I used to tell my kids was like, you know, maybe you, you don't need to be super happy when your parent praise, or sorry, when your teacher praises you. Mm-hmm. you know, and even for me, I used to tell my own kid, like one of my daughters, my older daughter, <laughs> when we were watching movies mm-hmm. at home, she would always look back at me before she laughed at something. Every yes, scene, every yes. scene. Did you hear, can you relate to this? Yes, I can. Yeah, because mm-hmm. they want to see if it's yeah, okay yeah. to laugh. Or are you laughing? Then I'll laugh. And so I used to call her out on that. I was like, <laughs> when she was like four, I'd be like, you know, you don't have to look at me to laugh at something. <laughs> mm-hmm. If funny, you like funny. it, you laugh at it. Right. If I don't like it, I won't laugh. And it's okay. And that's mm-hmm. sort of that tone yeah. that we don't have cool. to be, and that's self-esteem building, right? You did when they are four. That's huge. Well, their whole lives. Because yeah. I knew that if they're externally dependent on anything whether it's it, it'll be me for their first part of their life mm-hmm. but it'll be someone else later on and like you know if um and the beauty of it is now like as they're older especially with their relationships with with guys mm-hmm. they're not bound by by the interpretation of this guy or this person friends even right so they'll do their own thing or this woman 
Or this woman, yes. <laughs> Meech, uh, in case you're... Got okay. So Meech, no, but I was particularly talking about relationships. But here, And they are, they're not, you know. But, uh, <laughs> no, 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 so Meech, in case you're just tuning in or you know, in a previous episode, Meech is angry uh, because I said that Meech was sexist because he keeps saying he, he, he. And now Meech, uh, like any sexist would, looked for, and he's been plotting this. He's yeah, been plotting he's this. been waiting. Very but, defensive. He's very defensive about this. But um, <laughs> I'd like to, to to supersede that by saying supersede. Not, yes, <laughs> yeah, supersede. With the words, I'm not angry. Me neither. Because mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. had an well, honest, open discussion, discussion, open discussion, and you so. embrace the fact that you're sexist, and we've all come to terms with it, mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with well, it. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't comment I below. Don't, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no. I just want to make sure that you don't swing that way in order to. What um, does that so mean? <laughs> what did, the terminology is wrong. Here. I don't think Meech means. He's keeping it volleyball. He's keeping it volleyball. Oh, is that a volleyball reference? Swing uh, that way. Oh, okay. Because it sounded. It, it sounded. Yeah. Oh, Eric. Eric was the one who made me think. What the heck? Mm-hmm. Anyway. Volleyball is life. Remember. Volleyball. Is life. <laughs> um, so I can swing from both sides. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> no, left side, right side. Yeah. Yeah. Opposite. Mm-hmm. Non opposite. Mm-hmm. Outside. Left side. Anyway, what were you saying? <laughs> I was gonna say uh, uh what what point do you want to talk about? The volleyball? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's volley it's all connected. If you don't see that this is all connected, you can just turn off the Spotify what? right now. Right now. Yeah. What what point do we talk about the parents and their own well being? Because so much of this is Yes, you know, the parents, it really is about them. Yes. Well, they need to take care of themselves, right? Yes. If you want to have, if you want to teach your kid to have that moment of space to choose to whether to have this emotion or not, mm-hmm. you you need to model it. But I, we've all been there. We've been stressed and stuff, and that's that's what kills. That's what eliminates that gap, right? So it's like you have to take care of yourself, and so yes. like, but there's there's so much because like, I don't know, like it income is tough and stuff like there's very difficult and it's things. hard to start new habits when you're older adult yeah living yeah. in a world with limitations and time and <clears throat> meech any thoughts on that how can a parent start to take care of themselves male or female parent right meech, don't I, forget I, yes <laughs> male or how can they <laughs> shuffle stuff to a better position no because oh! no because a parent a parent can i mean one of my favorite metaphors in this sort of discussion is that whole idea of the airplane right when the oxygen mask drops down everybody talks about this but you know the, the instructions are to put the mask on yourself first before yeah. if you're sitting with a young child because the theory is that yeah you're useless to that child unless you take care of yourself mm-hmm. um so yeah. um meet any thoughts on how what a parent can do to take care of themselves so they can be a better parent i would say reflection um, taking that time very much like how Eric does and Eric, um, really, really, you, you can see this about him mm-hmm. on the court, especially mm-hmm. that he's looking at putting the, himself in the other person's shoes, um, male or female. And <laughs> <laughs> Eric, Eric, I didn't know you, uh, you wore women's shoes. I didn't know you wore women's shoes. Yeah. They, I have he small goes, How ankles and then I don't want to wear ankle braces. Right. Is that time. why you shave your ankles as well? <laughs> Anyway, sorry. Me just saying really nice things about me. Shut up. Sorry. Yes, I know. That's right. So it's kissing your butt. He's always putting himself in the other person's shoes. So I think that's really valuable. Taking a moment or two to reflect on how how you're feeling, and then 
you can always talk about the same topic later, but at least the emotions won't rule you. And um, he does that um, amazingly well. So you think it's empathy? Eric has empathy for people. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. Yes. Now talk. No. 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 Uh, do me. Do me. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I like it. You, Zuby, you, Zuby, are an arrogant piece of shit. I think shit. we're all, uh, all three of us are fairly empathetic, right? I think so. I know I'm empathic uh, or empathetic, and Meech is uh, pathetic. You're a little pathetic, and then I'm empathetic. Okay, push up, push up the challenge right now. Nope. Let's go, Zuby, Meech. Let me take my shirt off. All right. Anyway, uh, what were we saying? Oh, so how can, was there a question? You asked um, a question? Well, we're just talking about parents and how, Boy, how they can take care of them. Like, yeah. unfortunately, <laughs> the parent t- takes yeah, care of hard. the kid, but the parent has to take care of themselves, right? So that's where it's Modeling like... Modeling behavior, being better mentally equipped yourself yeah. as a parent. But yeah. we, we, a lot of these things we've already said... You well, the problem is, you know, one of the, right? one of the things I hate is that a lot of parents who think... They think taking care of themselves is having a glass of red wine... <laughs> There's resveratrol in red wine, yeah, but that's I know, but that's you know that's you know alcohol. <laughs> that's and not a reward. That's actually no. If you have European you. roots, alcohol is actually good for you. Yeah, well, that whole article came out that said that one glass of wine can actually make you live longer, and they were like, "Great, I'll have four. Yeah, um, <laughs> now I can live forever. Oh, liver. Anyway, uh, yeah. So I think the best way to do it is one one way parents can I think take care of themselves. I think the easy way to do it is like understanding that like, I think we all agree exercise is like the best thing like what are mm-hmm. it's just a walk outside like it doesn't have to be going to the gym yeah it, it could be walking yeah. it could be fresh air just 10 minutes 15 minutes a day of something physical get blood circulating like we talked about the stress hormone doesn't help your brain function okay it doesn't help you make better decisions so if you can get to a point where you're doing physical activity start light yeah work your way up doesn't have to be daunting I know people that I see walk outside my house on a quiet street well, here like every day. Getting just, outside. Over the course of 10 years, they're getting in better shape. And you can tell yeah. they're happy. They walk their dogs every day. They do it twice yeah. a day, a couple, right? Mm-hmm. So good for their mind, right? And, and they're the super dog. nice people. And the dog. Yeah. The dog is a wonderful <laughs> person. The dog is actually a good volleyball player. That's right. That's right. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Eric was just... <laughs> I was about to talk. I was like, wait, Eric what? Eric was just like, um... <laughs> Anyway, yes. uh, yeah, so I, that's a great point, Eric, about taking care of yourself as a parent. And uh, can I go on to another point? Do you guys mind? Uh, no? Uh, okay. Here's something. <laughs> here's something. Uh, one thing that I think that um, parents could do uh, is encourage your child to weigh uh, when deciding on a club team, like because that's happening, you know, new parent, maybe every season have your kid weigh the value of like a, a very positive social and coaching environment uh, versus like the quality or competitiveness of a club team. Have that be one of the factors. Yeah. Have, I think a parent should sit down with their child and ask them like on a, to, to you, describe those two situations. Yeah. Like, so what's more scenarios. important to you? Like we did, we kind of oh. did this this year. So like me, my daughter's going into her last year club and we were like, so like there's a bunch of clubs that you could try out for that are here, 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 here. Mm-hmm you have a bunch of friends that you know are going to be on this team. Right. Do you want to have that fun social thing this year? They might not be as competitive as other teams, mm-hmm. but if it's going to be toxic other places, do you want to be on those teams? And also this coach is decent, not, you know, maybe, maybe not the highest level coach around, but then again, a decent coach, a decent person mm-hmm. who's open and reasonable. That's almost 
gold, right? That's right. That, Versus, that will be one of the things that yeah. decides what your whole season will be like. That's what That's we said. Ultimate parenting season yeah. would be, hey, um, is this something that not only you as a parent can work with and the child so that you take that journey together? Mm-hmm. Hey, um, they'll, they'll value your description of, hey, this is what maybe um, I think that could give you long-term success, long-term enjoyment of this um, uh, of this venture into volleyball. Um, you know, how do you feel about it? You know, yeah, joy versus tension and stress. Like, yeah, it just seemed like a no brainer. That's why when we had that discussion this year, cause her, technically her last year of club, she could play one more, mm-hmm. but she, we all just sort of said like, that's priceless mm-hmm. to have like a good group of people. Mm-hmm. Now there are moments this season where we were wondering like, you know, seeing other courts and seeing other tournaments, like is she getting the best for her? But I still, we still come back to let's, you know, let's not forget mm-hmm. that those environments sometimes aren't fun places to be. Yeah. And, you know, I think there's more joy here and we've been there. We've been in those other places and it's not fun. You come home, there's toxicity, there's politics, there's uh, all sorts of things that are just, um, you know, not productive for the athlete mm-hmm. and makes you want to quit. Sometimes players are like, Ugh, I can't handle this anymore. Yeah. So that's why we sort of decided that. So parents, you can ask your child. We're not saying to pick one or the other. Mm-hmm. Just present like what's more important to you. It's a good question to ask before you start tryouts. Is it more important for you to have fun with a good group of girls and a nice coach? Mm-hmm. Or is it more important for you to be on the most competitive team possible? Mm-hmm. And I would submit the younger they are, the more the risk of burnout if you go the ultra competitive route unless that coach is like you remember there are high level coaches with competitive teams who also get it and yeah. understand mental health and understand stomping out toxicity because a really good coach like we talked about in other episodes knows about toxicity and understands that their their um fairness mm-hmm. and you know rule application across the board stomps out or stamps out toxicity uh, all so the time is there almost timing uh, an element of timing to almost choose any of these uh choose any of these like uh, like maybe maybe that situation is actually an okay choice at this time and then you know maybe they haven't had that experience is that that's kind of what you're saying yeah and right? engage like, who they are because i don't i don't want to bring yeah, the competitive yeah. experience as the bad one all the time right so don't i guess don't go as the parent don't go into that conversation with your child already having a set answer in your mind mm-hmm. right like kind of unless you like in the real life scenario the parent very much might know what's yeah, what, what yeah. the choices are, right? right? Not, and then they might, like in our case, we kind of knew and we were leaning towards the, yeah. let's go have a fun year this year. Let's not, mm-hmm. let's have one year of no or less drama. I mean, there's, I think every parent listening knows there's no such thing as a club season we, without serious drama. Yeah. Especially, I mean, you know, I, I'm sure they're, they're, it's rare, but I think this season we're getting pretty close to an least drama possible despite right. I already told you guys some stuff's going on on the team yeah so for for the parents who have don't have those previous years of crazy amounts of drama they they're might be 50 50 or something where you guys i think are the, i still think though the younger the younger they are the more you have to lead towards joy and happiness well, because, right i'm not trying yeah. to defend no that, yeah, yeah but um, i think i think because like because I would for sure as well go towards the enjoyment of the sport. Like, yes. Abs- like, especially when you're young, because you're still forming the habit. 
And if yeah. a kid who's young uh, doesn't have joy in the game, they will quit. Like there has to be something great about that competitive team to still mm-hmm. consider it. Like there has to, yeah. it's and, not just like, I want to go here and have a shitty time and like get yeah. yelled at. Mm-hmm. Well, but, I don't think young kids should go to ultra competitive team. I think that, you know, serious sport at like age 12 that where the coach is like talking about, I think I can make your kid a blah, blah, blah. That's a red flag. Yeah. Cause the, the problem with that is that uh, burnout is real. And if kids go into competitive volleyball, is a late starting sport compared to other sports but if you start out like ultra competitive talk from day one it's like yeah. that kid's gonna quit uh really soon especially if they're not feeling it yeah and yeah. if like we just talked about this too like right if the the teachers and teachers in school what do they do they make fun things like work and so young kids if the minute their volleyball coach makes a fun thing like volleyball yeah. work and like well you guys got to do this you got to do this you got to do this and it's like um yeah, you yeah. just take in the joy out of this right it's become a labor not a labor of love but it's just pure labor yeah and, and and volleyball takes a while to develop into 100% you getting good at so you need yeah. that long-term mentality to to be able to endure volleyball like a, like a, you know how many people yeah that's really true cut yeah. it's hard to watch too. it's yeah. hard to watch volleyball right for exactly. the first couple of years yeah <laughs> yes yeah. it is and and only um somebody that that's enjoying it will stay in it and yeah i know it's kind of elementary but no, um, it's such a big, it, but it's yeah. not. It's not elementary. That's a sad mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. It it's, takes like almost four years before you can even experience structured blocking, right? And then you can at least figure out the movement, and then it's like the next two years they get like the whole hands properly and everything, and like the the whole synchronization, yep. and like so it's definitely that's a yeah. It's, and that's why parents need to take care of themselves. Going back to that point, because it, you know the parent and the coach, like when we when I have our coaches work on stuff, I always tell them like, I'll ask a coach, so why did you change up that drill? Why did you mix in the better kids with the and weaker kids? The and no, no, they say because it was hard to watch. They weren't getting the rallies. Uh, so I don't get, but that, it's hard to watch for you, you. Yeah, because yeah. you're a player. Yeah. Those kids are loving it. Mm-hmm. So you, your own self-esteem, don't you rock the boat and mix in good kids with bad kids so the rallies get better because you're going to scare the, the kids that are less experienced. You have to be patient with bad stuff, yeah. ugly looking volleyball. Mm-hmm. And parents today who don't take care of themselves or don't have a lot of history in the game, they can't watch bad volleyball. Mm-hmm. They can't handle their kid failing. It's in them. So you have to be patient with how bad volleyball is to watch at the beginning. That's why remember I said it, parents will talk to me and they'll go, Hi, you must be going nuts. And yeah. I'm like, nope, this is about the way it should be yeah. at the stage. And um but those parents were living through their kids. Those parents couldn't handle their kids failing because every time their kid made a mistake, it was them. Looking like the pros or something. Well, they, the, the parent was failing yeah. every time the kid was failing. And remember we talked about off the top, you got to teach your kid that how they handle failure is a reflection of you, not if they fail. If they fail has nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. If they succeed has nothing to do with you. I mean, obviously you've set them up for different, you know, different uh, likelihoods. But how they handle those things, whether they're an asshole when they win or an asshole when they lose, mm-hmm. that's a reflection of you and what you've taught them that's about right. dealing with stuff. So That's right. And, yeah. and uh, uh, to point out again, um, you remember when uh, we were changing from just having the middle set always mm-hmm. yes. to a 6-2 <laughs> system. It looked ugly, yeah. ugly at yeah. first. Yeah. So I, we, we had to struggle that. with that badness in order to change you know uh, 
to, to something great. Mm-hmm. I remember that uh, very clearly. Yeah. Because we had a couple players, Meech was one of them, that was playing club. You you went to a club team and you're like, no, no, come this, is, this is how you really play volleyball, guys. Yeah. And then we were like, no, 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 you're, well, we don't like it. Because you know, it was the, that, that's a great one because I always teach that to people today. Mm-hmm. Um, and I teach it to you. We're going to talk about that in the toxic player or the perfect player season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the idea quickly is like what you're saying, uh, be okay with sucking. Mm-hmm. See, the problem was our team was successful doing things the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And so we were very hesitant to, why would we rock the boat? Right. But we had no thought of the next level and where everybody was headed. So that's what I always tell players. Like, you know, like the, I was talking about the player gets their overhand serve over doing it totally wrong, like a close yeah. fist. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, no, no, you got to fix that. And they're like, no, I get six, I get 12 serves in a row in grade four. Right. And you're like, well, in grade six, you're going to get your ass kicked, that's right. uh, Sammy. <laughs> that's, that's the kid's name. Yeah. I, I, I mean, especially when we were having a very, very successful winning season. Very successful. Very successful. <laughs> I can't, I can't say successful, that enough. Successful. Enough successful, successful, times, enough. <laughs> successful to the 10th. Yeah. It, you know, change, change is tough, but um, I could see the, the way that the, the, the winds were blowing in terms of, this is the next level, right? Like you, like you see, yeah, you world see wind. people <laughs> worldwide, world, world win, <laughs> one world win. <laughs> um, you see that where players are having a lot of success with an in, underhand, a bu- in, a, in a bubble, right? In a, in you a, got out of the bubble. You were in yes. our, in our, our team was a bubble mm-hmm. and you got out of the bubble and saw where the, what the wind was like outside the bubble. <laughs> That's right. And it was cold. Oh, it was cold. I feel like we should fart at the end of this episode into the microphone. It's just a wind. Anyway, sorry. Smelly wind. Anyway, sorry, yeah. I interrupted you. Just that, um, you know, sometimes players will stick with just what they're comfortable. Oh. Underhand serve. They're always going to want to. Always, yeah. always. Always, always. And as you get life. older, this is life. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. Everybody I sticks to the underhand serve of life. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just get it over. That's right. Just get it over. There's um, <laughs> there's another uh scenario eh, where you can choose between, say, playing with with your friends and like a not so good coach or something, mm-hmm. or and this uh, I just want to bring this up because it ties back to what you're saying, having broader social circles. Mm. Um, so it's like friends and like a shitty coach or like a whatever, uh, or a team where it's totally new and you're a stranger on there mm. and like it's a good coach or something. And like it would be very hard to make that choice if you don't have alternate social circles or something, right? Because like if volleyball and that, that group of friends is the main thing, there's no way the kid's going to choose the other option, right? Where it'd be a great growth experience. Yeah. Um, Whereas if your kid had like a, a drama club or chess club, yeah, was like into fencing. Yeah. Crocheting. Crocheting. Right. I mean, fencing, some kids. Dancing. Dancing. Yeah. Fencing, dancing. Chess. I said chess. I already said chess. Oh yes. Okay. Chess. No one plays chess anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget about uh, yeah. chess. Meteorology. Checkers clubs. How come That's there's no checkers? One. How come they don't have checkers clubs for dumb kids? What about, what about the dumb kids? Why for dumb kids? Well, because yeah. the chess club kids are all smart, right? The che- How about checkers for dumb kids? 
I guess that'd be a bad name for a club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not very good at marketing. <laughs> Volleyball. <and me. laughs> anyway, let's move on. Um, okay, so <laughs> going back to, so we, we said, you know, presenting the options for kids and letting them choose between, you know, what's most important to you? Do you want to go the most competitive route, friendly route, fun route, whatever? And maybe the fun route is the competitive route for your kid, right? That's important to find out. Right. So the other like, sort of connected with that is... Um, Teach kids that um, they have to make their own decisions when it comes to picking a right team, picking a right scenario, and they have to live with them, right? right? Because yeah, because parents often so I I like going back to that mm. cell phone discussion and everything else too. One of the problems with deciding things for your kids is that you're opening the door for resentment. So whenever my kids want my advice too much, mm-hmm. I tell them, "Well, listen, you have to do this." I want you to live with this decision. So I don't want you to resent me because kind of what they're doing, the reason why they're asking you mm-hmm. is because they want someone to blame <laughs> if it blows up. Yeah. So when it comes to picking a club team or a lot of different things in volleyball, uh, parents, make sure that you teach your kids that, okay, if you're going to make a decision and you're going to live with this. this How is, often do you have to remind them that they made the decision? All the time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's hilarious. But, well, it's it usually because it's been happening is a tone sort of in the family. Yeah. They do kind of know that. And, you know, even if they ask me for too much help with their homework, because I was, you know, a teacher for a long time, so they would ask me for help with essays and things. And I would be like, well, you know, you kind of have to live with this a little bit now. And I need you to, I want you to fail. If I, if I go help you too much with anything in life, then if it succeeds, then you don't get the self-esteem yeah. because you think, well, dad helped me in the mm-hmm. back of your mind. I know I'll think that. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. no, but, but then, and then if they mind. fail, if they fail, then they'll have resentment towards me or it'll be on me too. So it's really important parents for, you know, present your kids with information, present them with the things that like, here's where the parents' wisdom comes in. Cause a lot of parents make that mistake where they're like, well, I have more life experience than them. Mm-hmm. Well, that's where you present them with the choices yeah. that, that your wisdom will come in to help them see things about choice. A see things about choice B. Mm-hmm. That's where the wisdom comes in, but then they have to decide, right? That's where the, the guidance comes in as yes. a parent, not you telling want to guide, not telling. That's yes. The perfectly. Way. So good. So good. Exactly. Eric, anything insightful to that or Meech and I just going to carry another episode? Yeah. I got <laughs> I'm all these are kids. We should have lied and said that you have kids. Yeah, we should have. Well, actually. nobody's listening. Oh, actually, we, shoot. Now that we're number one on Apple mm-hmm. volleyball, boys. Now everybody, somebody, we, people uh, are listening. It's going to be the Done first and last episode. It'll be number one, right? <laughs> Maybe we should have Eric uh, conceive a child <laughs> live on the air. <laughs> ratings. It's all about the ratings. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> This show's gone too far. Yeah. Um, we're going to get canceled. <laughs> yeah. You can't get canceled unless you made it. Um, so, yeah, living with own decisions. Uh, and again, the understand. So I will say that, like, you know, um, uh, mistakes are gold anyway. So even if your kid makes a mistake that's super valuable, like we talked about earlier, they're going to learn faster. I'm sorry, but, you know, like failures for kids are great things. Resentment is toxic. So you don't want your kid to be resenting you. Mm-hmm. So that's why you got to let them make the choice. I think we're done with that one. Right? Well, yeah, yeah. just making mistakes with the aspect of accountability and support. Teaches like, them accountability, hundred percent. Yeah, let them. They're accountable, but like you don't want them to like break down completely. So they're you're there for support. Obviously, like it's not yep. it's not gonna be world ending. And then you move on. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Like yeah, obviously if they are, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you will help oh, them. <laughs> yeah, you will. Yeah. 
How do you like it? <laughs> you said I could jump off the roof. Well, you get up yourself. My legs yeah. are broken. Anyway. Wow. Uh, so, uh, so connected with that too, one thing I like to, uh, I think another valuable thing for a parent to do with a kid is to make a list of what a good teammate looks like and what a bad teammate looks like. Sometimes it's as simple as that, making that list. Cause I think a lot of times, you know, cause we're talking about picking teammates and who these, who's on this team, who's on that team. One important thing that they beach. might not, yeah, beach especially, but even in sixes, like, yeah, you know, I think you can learn a lot and, and parents, like you don't want to back talk or be negative about other kids. But I think I'm, I think it is very helpful to say like, you know, are you without hating that player? Like, you know, if your kid is talking about a player who's like, you know, an idiot or a jerk or, you know, they say something really mean about them, mm-hmm. just, you know, make sure you ask, well, what, what don't you like about them? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then it helps them also sort out that they don't want to be that teammate to someone else. You yeah. Know, that when they see bad behavior from a coach or a parent or from another player, it's very valuable for them to know that. So having a conversation with what a good teammate looks like, because it also, it also not just doesn't tell you with just toxicity, but it also talks about showing up, mm-hmm. talks about being on time, talks about being positive with people mm-hmm. uh, versus making a list of what, okay, what do, what would you say is a non-ideal teammate? Not, and don't name names, but you just talk oh. about qualities that, mm-hmm. You know, I think a, a player who belittles others, criticizes others, makes faces at others. That's imagine, really imagine a team. Sorry. Yep. Like where every parent does this and is able to have this conversation with their kid. Wouldn't it by the end of the season, all those kids would be friggin' awesome? Mm-hmm. Because in a way, you're indirectly helping that kid because they all learn from each other, right? And all of a sudden, the kid's not getting the same reaction they were from their behavior because. The kids are just like whatever. Like, no, yeah, like, oh, this is, this is some, I need yeah. to change a little bit or whatever. So like, it's just well, that's what we're what talking about too. World. Yeah, well, in this, remember <laughs> we have been having conversations about some of the things we're going to bring to people, and one of them is those team sets. Like that of, would just uh, be like it would be a be wonderful crazy. thing to do because because yeah. even like it's 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 a lot of stuff that I learned as a young teacher too. Like when kids are remember we talked about the the coach making rules with the team. Mm-hmm. once you put it on paper yeah. and everybody's just just thinking about it for five minutes you know a lot of players in that moment will be like oh crap i do a lot of this shit yeah i i give dirty looks yeah Ooh, that's associated with insecurity mm. and they start to they start to do that reflection that meach was talking about mm-hmm. so important mm-hmm. and so even just you know and you know they, they can do it privately too but if they do it with their parent if a team does it together if a team has a booklet yeah. or something mm-hmm. it's uh it's priceless hmm. for kids to just just label it because nobody talks about what it is to be toxic mm-hmm. they, they have these discussions in school and they have mean girls the movie and they have like movies where there's bully guys and everybody watches them and they laugh mm-hmm. but sometimes the bullet bullies leave those movies with only remembering the power the jerks had mm-hmm. right they don't remember the real lesson or how it made people feel necessarily or they walk away from the movie thinking they're not the bully but if you lay out good teammate, bad teammate qualities, mm-hmm. uh, and you know what's what's underneath, maybe especially the bad qualities. Especially if you're defining what the line is, yeah. where that barrier kind of um, makes itself in terms of toxic, non-toxic, supportive, non-supportive. Yes, that type of thing. and outcomes, right? 
Mm-hmm. Like like outcomes from both. Like imagine, like mm-hmm. how does the team play yeah. with the positive? Yeah. And versus right. like so if you're even like a super competitive person, because a lot of people think that toxic is competitive, right? Yeah. It goes I, into our culture, like the asshole boss or the asshole founder, the asshole coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and we think that that's what a winner is. Mm-hmm. But really that's not how it works. Right. Really that person ends up alone and the team destructs you know, self-destructs because the the infighting and the you know fear players have fear of messing up so um yeah i think that's important that to lay it out one. for kids yeah making a list of what good and these are like it sounds so teachery to do but it's it's really helpful to do these things uh, write them out mm-hmm. or, or talk about them at least yeah um then um so then this other one i want i think the parents to do in a perfect season i think ideally a parent would also discuss or bring about the idea or bring up the idea with their kids about um Something sometimes it really bugs me when people talk, and I think you mentioned it earlier in this episode, or maybe before the show about no, I think it was during the show about um, sticking with something like the, this whole idea or respecting. You said respect for your parents or respect for your coach, um, right? And I don't think that respect is. I'm a firm believer that has to be earned, mm-hmm. and so same with teammate uh, sticking with a team. Yeah. So this whole idea of loyalty comes up in club volleyball a lot. Loyalty to teammates, loyalty to the team, loyalty to the coach, loyalty to the club. I rephrase it later to getting through bad coaches without blowouts. Getting through, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, in this, in this case, what I'm saying is like, there's a fine line, like you have to be careful because you can teach your kid, be, if you're blinded by that notion of old fashioned loyalty to the team, if there's a toxic situation, there also comes a time where you have to teach your child to walk away from yeah. toxicity and, you know, borderline abusive issues. Like we had that situation a few years ago where, and, and here's how you know the difference. It's because everybody's like, well, we don't want to quit on the team. We don't want to quit on the team. Well, hmm. if the team ceases to be productive for people, so in other words, now, not in terms of wins. No, yes, right. not in terms of wins. Yeah, in terms of what sports give people, like the positivity. Mm-hmm. So you're not getting any of the positives. You're not learning teamwork. Work. You're not learning patience. You're not learning process. You're not having fun. We're we talking about life or volleyball. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, everything. Volleyball everything. Is life. Yeah. yeah, volleyball is life. Um, new new show name. <laughs> <laughs> we should we should brand. We should do a whole other podcast under volleyball is life and just. Share the same episode. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be twice the fans. I'll need two pairs of sunglasses. No. Um, Oh, sorry. For people who weren't listening, people (laughs) who weren't watching, for people who are just watching, are not watching this, they don't know that I put on those cool sunglasses. Well, you talked about them, so they're probably not. They could probably hear them. (laughs) Anyway. So cool. (laughs) So, yeah. so the idea of like, you know, there comes a time where if it sports are not or the sport or the league or the team is not giving you any joy, any benefit, any not like, yes, it's you learn a lot from horrible situations. Mm-hmm. But once you've got those lessons, and you're like, and it's getting worse and worse and it's crossing into yeah. toxic. Then you have to teach your kids to walk away from bad yeah, situations. Yeah, what are you staying yeah. there for? Yeah, there's a fine line, right, where you want to teach your kid, like, because otherwise, like, I mean, especially if you have young daughters, especially in our culture, like, you know, you want, and the coach is male, for example, you yeah. don't want to teach them to stick around 
with a male and coach who's abusive because then you're teaching yeah, yeah and you're teaching them some weird stuff about yeah. male female dominance and you should stick and tolerate it and that gets into abusive yeah. stuff um and if they're a boy same thing like you know just because they're an authority figure doesn't mean you want to do whatever they say and stick around because that could lead to all sorts of crazy lessons too the wrong lessons so i think that's the line once if the lessons cross over into stuff that's not healthy or no longer productive. So bring up that you you want to pass on that toolkit of like risk assessment or in, in a way that's kind of what it is, right? Mm-hmm. Just like at the end of the year, do a synopsis on what the season was like and then, or mid season or whatever. And then you, at least that you're, then you're talking about making a change for next season. That mm-hmm. makes the rest of that season more bearable probably, yeah. right? Because yep. that also, then that reinforces the thing. Nothing lasts forever, or this too will pass. Right. Right. Yes, so exactly. then, then that gives you a little bit of that separation, and you can actually learn from that shitty situation that you'd have to deal with for the rest yeah. of the season. Yeah. And I should right? point out, too, by the way, like in our scenario, it was the same coach for the club for three years. This yeah. was the third year of the same coach, and we had tolerated it a little bit, and we wanted them to get that benefit. And then you had kids, already given that faith. We had already way. given that faith. And then, yeah. and also, he had earlier said that he wanted uh, someone to come in and help coach a bit so he wanted yes, he had me coming in and help this. coach which was good and then i was and i asked if he would want me to be his assistant that year and, and just you know denied and then no he already found someone <laughs> who was had no volleyball experience because he knew yeah. that what i was going to teach was the real stuff and contradicted everything he taught for the past few years so then we were like this is not productive <laughs> mm-hmm. and then like uh you know because the world revolves around us the same year we quit uh a month, <laughs> a month later uh covet hit and so we didn't really lose the season anyway mm-hmm. end of season Oh, is that one? Yeah. And that's why COVID happened, by mm. the way. Because of uh, <laughs> because the world revolves around me. Because the world wind. The world wind. <laughs> the world wind. Revolves around me. But you guys, you also didn't Sorry have... about that, folks. Sorry about 2020 to 2022. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My bad. Um, if we stayed, it wouldn't have happened. That's right. Hmm. Hmm. Volleyball, volleyball brought it back, right? Volleyball brought it back. Well, we were eating. No, I was going to make, I was gonna <laughs> make sense. There's so many jokes that I can't make. <laughs> inappropriate. Yeah. Anyway. It's uncensored. <laughs> <laughs> but no facts. But I think, fact. I think that uh, humanity would censor me on my joke that I was going to make. It was that bad, folks. Okay. okay. Remember, I told you I'm a bad person underneath all of this. Okay. And and in this experience, in this uh, change out of that club, like you didn't have a major blowout with this coach or anything. No, no, I, we never had the blowout. Exactly. We just sent an email saying, you know, yeah. I hope you die. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> very friendly. <laughs> very friendly. Very. I hope you die, please. No, no, no. It was just uh, an email saying that you know we didn't we didn't think that the girls were getting much uh, from yeah. it this year. They weren't enjoying it. Uh, they're preferring to focus on beach, you know, indoor beach stuff that in our area that was available. So, but uh, we just didn't feel like it. I, I did yeah. put in, I did put in that there were some things there that we didn't, because it was like you guys were there last tournament. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty, and it wasn't just our about our kids, by the way. It was about a lot of the kids on the team that we were just unhappy of how they were. Other kids on the team were not set up for failure. That's, everybody was set up for failure, and it was like on purpose, and it was vindictive and petty and playing games not for the kids at all it was for the coach's ego and that's where that's where advice for parents like if you're ever in a season where the coach is not doing what's best for kids and it's like becoming so bad for not just your kid but a lot of kids Mm -hmm. that's when you know that this is like a lost cause and there's a lot more going on with that coach just like we talked about with the parents who have a lot of stuff going on in their lives you really need to ask yourself why you're still there yeah you know yeah because are are you just avoiding that question at that point like 
Yeah, and one, one season, like I said, we put up with it. Like it was like yeah. about halfway through the first season, we were like, okay, there's some problems here. Second season, my daughter had the friends on the team, so we went with, okay, if you want to, that's fine. And then that coach was very open to having us come in and help out too, just to correct some things. But then he got a little uppity because some of the things we were teaching were very basic, accepted things around the globe, <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't like the fact that yeah. we were uh, teaching players to back up. He, he didn't like that we were teaching players to back up on a free ball. Yeah. He wanted the middle to stay up and block free balls. So you never know. Like one in a thousand you'll get. <laughs> well he said that. He no. said that and I said, well, even, but even if they get like off for the free 200. ball if they get off for the free ball, they can still do a spike approach now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they're in a better <laughs> Might position even be a better better but anyway. Yeah. Uh so um <laughs> that guy just turned off his Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm sorry. I'm not naming any names, so you're you're safe. Um <laughs> uh, so we talked about committee versus toxic commitment versus toxicity uh toxicity uh ensure your child wants oh here's a good one i always like to do this so if you're the parent who's waking up every morning if you're the parent who's dragging your kid to be on time if you're the parent who's nagging your kid all day all night about volleyball I want you to pull back <laughs> because yeah, you're uh, killing yourself. Not you're killing yourself, and also you're not really giving yourself an opportunity to see if this is for you mm-hmm. or for them. Right. Because if your kid isn't nagging you to go to practice, or you're teaching them not, like you're sort of enabling them not to nag because you're going to nag them anyway, or your kid isn't waking up for the tournaments in the morning, it's a good way to gauge mm-hmm. do you really want them? do you yeah. do you really like volleyball <laughs> because right. i like volleyball if you're getting up with the foam finger <laughs> you're in the morning with the you know you're like whoo you got the big horn in their bedroom and they're like go get out of here come on today's the big game <laughs> but you're you're spot. also robbing them of the the discipline aspect like, exactly like yeah. you gotta sacrifice a little bit to yeah no yeah can delay, can, yeah, delay can, gratification you're, or whatever you're, you're you're not yeah say that go on I like that point. You're, what are you robbing them of? Yeah. Uh, delayed gratification. But like the hard work that they have to put in, which is like being pre- prepared, like go to bed on time because you have to get up a little bit earlier and then you got to get your, your bag ready and all that shit. Like I forgot my shoes so many times and just it was on, it was my own fault. But I think I used to do things like that. Blame, blame my parents. Or exactly. Something, right. So because yeah, they, they got it ready for you. A whole, bu- a whole bunch of these things we've been talking about is just awesome uh adult things but you're just giving them in smaller doses as kids like the but the sooner you experience it um the better um and i i think unfortunately i think everyone will experience them in life it's just to have more of an advantage or opportunity in life when you know uh, when it comes to careers and stuff the sooner you experience these things the better mm-hmm. right like I, I really think like as long as like not- when you when you forgot your shoes to tournaments how many times did that like i mean yeah, you, you had to live a horrible consequence. For yeah, that, right? like you're f- playing in Ottawa or f- you know f- hours away from your home. Yeah, exactly. And that's the lesson. That's why I love. I live for those moments. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is my wife. My wife doesn't let my kids have those moments, yeah. and then they blame her. I'm like, this is why you don't pack their bags. <laughs> I, I used to love right me yep. the night yeah, before yeah. tournament. That was the best part. Like as as guys, maybe back then too, right? And our parents are like immigrants. Yeah. Immigrant parents don't even know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you yeah. going tomorrow? I got a volleyball tournament. How are you getting there, uh, friend? Drive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but today it's okay. like, no, our parents today would be like, you know, 
mixing egg salad until <laughs> four in the morning. <laughs> but we were like, uh, I'll eat when I get there. So, but no, backpacking your bag the night before was awesome. And we knew we had everything, right? Yeah. Like we'd have everything. Like sports rubs, you know, lotions, potions, steroids. It's a base <laughs> and the Walkman. <laughs> tapes, tapes, mixed yeah, tapes. tapes, yeah. Ghetto blaster. <laughs> Sorry, large stereo. Um, yeah, we we learned a lot by packing that stuff the night before, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right. You know, and we would uh, we'd have to warm up the mule. What do you in guys pack morning? now? Lakota. I, I actually I'm off the Lakota. I used mm-hmm. to use the Lakota. Yeah. Lakota is a sports rub for those of you who don't know. <laughs> I used to burn my shoulder into oh pain resistance. Doubles as a hair gel. But now I found better workouts, and I don't have any shoulder pain. Mm. Anyway, okay, uh, <laughs> moving on. Uh, <laughs> uh, so ensure, so pull back a little bit. Make sure your kid wants it as much as you by letting them uh, do some of the hard work. I would say even there's an advantage to having the kid do some of those things that you don't want to do. Well, hey, uh-huh. if uh, if you really want this volleyball, if it's really important to you, you're going to uh, get my breakfast. You're going to uh, <laughs> get my coffee. You have it ready so that we can go, so that we can be prepared. <laughs> if you really love volleyball that much, I want you to chew your food and spit it in my mouth like a mama bird. <laughs> Dad, do your own chewing. There's all well, sorts of combinations that... The parents can use. Yeah, that, so just yeah. think like chewing. Let's face it, chewing your own food is a chore, right? It even sounds the same. Chew, chore, chew, chore. Yeah. So having the kid chew, the, have the kid chew your food in the morning. Right. If they love you. And if they love the sport, they'll do and it. And if they're really smart, they'll just blend your egg breakfast with toast and just give it to you in a cup and be like, here you go. There it's you not go. as intimate. That would be hilarious. It's not as intimate. <laughs> That's me. That's me imitating a bird in case people are just listening. Think of what we learned from the Karate Kid example. Oh, right? about the wax. Yeah. He didn't paint his own fence. He didn't wax his own car. Same philosophy. Uh, yeah, that Miyagi, uh, Miyagi <laughs> bastard. Yeah. Oh. He had was, something. That, that's true. That's right. Hmm. And Daniel's son learned his lessons from that. <laughs> I can't so. remember his name. <laughs> his name is Ralph Macchio. Just say Ralph Macchio, Karate Kid. Patrick, what was the guy's name? Patrick Moriarty? No, what was the guy's mm. name? Pat. Pat Moriarty? Yeah. Moriarty is the name of the villain from Sherlock Holmes. Connection? Maybe we have to... Well, that's his real name, though. Uh, maybe Miyagi. it was a little different... Um... I think that's funny that Mr. Miyagi, if you think about it today, that wouldn't happen because he's like an American. Mm-hmm. He had to fake that accent for the movie. Yeah? Yeah, he speaks with no accent in real life. Oh, okay. So today that wouldn't happen. He would be canceled for that because he's, you know, cultural appropriation. I don't want to get political. He he, he did what he had to do. We're getting political. We're getting political. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, Meech and his karate kid. Now we forgot the whole point now. Um, Swan. No, just kidding. Yeah. (laughs) That was me getting into the martial arts pose. I'm a little, I'm a bit of a martial artist. Anyway, encourage parents. Okay, yes. Um, now, this is a tricky one. How, going back to our coaching season about how you know we hate the idea of re-signing players. The more I think about this, the more I hate it, by the way, that players just have these secured spots. I can't stand it. I just wish a gym would be a competitive place where the best players are offered positions. But again, clubs are afraid of losing players because they don't think they have the coaching quality. Parents are afraid that they'll disrespect the club by turning down an early yeah. offer uh, and their kid might be frozen out. So I have the solution, though. 
I did some long, hard thinking about this on the toilet earlier today. Nice. Is, is there anything that <laughs> we can... Just, Meats doesn't even react. <laughs> <laughs> I got I to cut it in the bud. Um, <laughs> cut it, nip it, nip it in the nip bud. Nip it in the bud. Yes. You could have said nip it in the butt because well, I made again, a reference to being on the toilet, but you really, you lost that opportunity. No, I was going to a, a volleyball reference. Yeah, I guess. Right. <laughs> cutting the ball. Oh, cutting the butt. Oh, makes no sense. Okay. <laughs> Speak. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things that parents can't do anything about, though. Sorry, what were we talking about? Oh, re-signings? Yeah. Oh, but I've... I, if you were listening to me, you would have heard me say that I thought long and hard about it on the toilet. And I came up with a solution. Yeah, and that's why I cut that out. In the butt. In the butt. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Okay. Sorry, dude. So, no, that's okay. No, it was good. I like. I. I, So basically, what Michi, Michi was basically playing the role of the audience in the infomercial. (laughs) That's impossible. (laughs) Oh wait, I. I'm going to cut the shoe now after I cut that tomato. Okay, Gins, what's, what's your great idea? <laughs> hey, Eric's young. All these old parents listening to us right now, they're loving this because this is like 2 a.m. Ginsu infomercial <laughs> reference, okay? Eric doesn't even know what a Ginsu is. Do you know what Ginsu is? Uh, I've heard that. No idea. No, see? No, he said he already said he surrenders. The yeah. Ginsu knife was like this knife that was for sale at 2 o'clock in the morning, and it was like these commercials that you'd see only late at night, and uh, they would show like a, a really sharp knife that would like cut through a can, and then it would cut through, through a, a shoe. shoe. Did you buy one? And then it would, well, everybody wanted to. I'm sure I must have ordered it at some point when I was depressed. And then it thinly slices a tomato, even after cutting a shoe and... I think oh, that's amazing. Seinfeld did a routine about it where he said, like, if you have a, if you need a knife that has to cut through a shoe, <laughs> and then maybe you're not buying the highest cut of meat available. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way. It's not even the way he talks, but that's how everybody, that's how everybody impersonates Seinfeld. Anyway. It was close. It was pretty good. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> anyway, sorry. Uh... So getting back to the, my solution for uh-huh. the re-signing problem. So, you know, here's what you do. Here's what you could do. You could say to the club, listen, we really want to play for your club. Uh, like, but I don't want my child to feel like they are entitled. I want my child to feel like they're fighting it out for a spot. So honestly, we're just, we're just turning down this offer. It's not because we don't want to play. It's because I don't want my child. I want my child to feel that they need to work for it. So yeah. you're, 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 Solution to this is at the moment when they offer the the pre-signing. Yeah, when they yeah, offer the pre-signing for next year. Yeah, just say, listen, we are not gonna say no. We definitely are. My son or daughter really wants to play for your team, mm-hmm. uh, but we don't want them to feel entitled, and we want them to go through the tryouts uh, because we are building up a child here that we want yeah. to fight for things. We want them to be, and so we see it as a not a very good thing for them to accept and be feel safe through tryouts and then and then i would still try out for other teams Mm -hmm. and you go to the club that has the best coach has the best group of people because i don't like i'm tired of people feeling that the club will be loyal to you the club will throw you under the bus every chance it gets as soon as a nice shiny new player walks in at your son or daughter's position they will just bump your kid down or even cut your kid so don't do this blind, I'm going to be loyal to the club so they treat me like gold. It's like those people who give their whole lives to a corporation. Mm-hmm. for you know They work there for 25 years and then they just fire them or something. Mm-hmm. They don't care about you. They care about them. And they're proving that, by the way, when they offer re-signings. Mm-hmm. Because that is the sign of a club that doesn't want to work hard. 
That is a sign of a club that is taking the easy route, securing the parents, securing the money so they can guarantee them a certain number of teams. And if they're giving you that offer, I, I, honestly, I know it's becoming more and more common in, in club circles. I don't know if every area does it, by the way. It would be interesting to see. I know in our area, it's a fairly recent phenomenon, and it's mm-hmm. something I think that they should change. I think they should get rid of re-signings as a, you know, your governing body. Yeah, I don't know it, if it's universal, by the way, yeah. but it is here. I don't know. Maybe, oh, seriously, in the YouTube, in the comments, yeah. let us know if your area allows your club teams to offer returning players. I'd be fascinated to know that yeah. if uh, anybody's still listening at this stage of the show. <laughs> Zero comments. Um, I hate hearing about this because especially because we used to have guys that would drive an hour and a half or an hour and 45 minutes to come and play yes. volleyball, mm-hmm. right? And that was the on- that was the only club. This The next closest club was like, it was too far. It was like three hours or something, right? So talking they, about Nick? Uh, I'm talking about... Jared and his older brother, mm-hmm. Lefty, I forget his name. Um, Lefty. Lefty, yeah. <laughs> and um, I think... And, Do you remember Nick? Nick yeah, I remember too. Nick. Yeah, yeah, far drive. Line drive. Yeah. Well, yeah, back then a lot of players did, yeah. Right, like because in this... Yeah, that, that solution is great. And it, it'll work better. The more parents do it, the better it's going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it's just crazy thinking about this pre-signing shit when like there's some players who's... It's either they play at that one club and then and then because of they're not there's no pre-signing they're going to they're going to try they're going to they're probably doing off-season stuff and they're going to give it their best and then if they get on the team then like they're clearly committed they're they're mm-hmm. putting the effort in like yep. and I feel like if if you're going to be driving an hour and a half I really I don't think the parents dragging the kid out Mm-hmm. I mean, I hope not, but like, I, I, I think there's some genuine interest from that kid to be on that team, right? And yeah. that, that's what I saw in both of them is that there was, right? So it's, yeah, I'm just sorry. I'm just saying, like, no, it's I so hate, awful. I hate seeing this it's shit. counterproductive. It's not sporting. Yeah. It's not competitive. It's literally, you can walk into a gym, be the best player there, and not get offered a spot. <laughs> because they don't, they already have everybody signed. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's like the opposite of what sports should be. Mm-hmm. It's uh, loser behavior. So there's an idea for parents if you are. Yeah, again, and you know, clubs are so insecure. They'll just say, "Oh, they didn't accept our offer. We're we gonna cut. We're we gonna can I offer them a spot?" Or they're leaving. So that's yeah. that's how it works. It's insecure club and insecure parent who accepts. You know, because if you have a great player, it sounds great like kid, unionized should... jobs. You know what I mean? Where you can't get fired or something. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, sounds yeah. Like... It sounds like that. Yeah, like unions. <laughs> unions are important. Eric doesn't want to get political or anything. <laughs> unions are important, but uh, we know what yeah. he means. The evolution of where unions end up. Yeah, there's is, the, is sometimes yeah, yeah, like very important. Are, like if, the bad yeah, if you're getting screwed over at work, your union's the best thing in the well, world. Well, unions are important, but why was the union union implemented? Right, like because of horrific was, things. Yes, if it's uh, working mutually, there doesn't need to be. But yeah. But the problem is people are, you know, <laughs> shitty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, uh, you know, I don't want to get political, right? <laughs> <laughs> we should put that on the back of our volleyball shirts. <laughs> uh, okay, so the re-sign thing, uh, I'm going to have to zip through because I think... <laughs> yeah. Is there going to be a part two? There might be a part two. We really um, went down that social media. Unless unless some oh. of this is sort of connected. So let's see. Uh, okay, so supporters is... Uh, yeah, so we talked about this and if uh, benefit uh, highlight the benefits of failure, um, and oh, good the external validation we already talked about uh, that that you don't want your kid to be bound by external validation. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, here's a couple of things that are very important. If and this is something that I struggled with and I deal with, so it's interesting because Meech, you've seen me. I played beach and leagues with my daughters, and you've seen this too, Meech or Eric. And and sometimes as a player, I can get 
uh, with my <laughs> with my daughters, I can be like, "Come on, you know." Playing but with th- them. That's playing with them. Yeah. But when they're playing, like when it, it's in a coaching setting, or if it's in a gym when they're playing, I'm never, I'm not like, I'm never like looking at them going, "Come on," like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's only as a teammate, and yeah. that that's where it that's gets, allowed. <laughs> well, it's just it's just it's more likely <laughs> you're in player mode, and because you're close to them, right? Because if they like same same with me and Meech or you and me, we might. Oh yeah, actually, I can we, think we, some we, funny we, moments. We, we've yeah. had some bickering. We, the closer you are to someone, the more you bicker in yeah. life, right? Yeah. Um, and even even I found when we were doing this show and playing, we we, should, we had a couple nights where you know we were not we were not I wasn't getting along. Yeah. <laughs> you getting along yeah. because we were doing the show and we were playing two nights a week. Yeah. So I'm like, thank God I tore my Achilles tendon because <laughs> I think it saved our friendship. I thought that was good. <laughs> we were like a married uh. we were like a married threesome. Fine. Anyway. But funny. I think I was like destiny saying, "Oh, you guys, <laughs> yeah, yeah." <laughs> Volleyballology could be gone if I don't tear Zuby's Achilles. He's losing his mind. Um, that was God, by the way. Saying, <laughs> I think so. Yeah, um, I don't want to get political. But but, but so so with my with my daughters, I, that would happen on the court where I'm like, you know, like you know, why didn't you put that ball away or why aren't you swinging? You know, like, and then uh, but as a as a parent, I don't do that. So when I when when it comes to and I still do this with them. Uh, I just had a discussion with my uh, younger daughter t- a couple nights ago because if you're a knowledgeable parent, you need to ask your kid, uh, do you want feedback from me, mm-hmm. right? Like, do you want me to tell you some things I saw or don't you? Because sometimes they don't want to hear that, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. Some players don't like to be told what they messed up on. Mm-hmm. So um, I noticed that, like, do you want honesty or do you want positivity? Because mm-hmm. I can be positive with you. But again, this is connected to the goals of your child. So my younger uh, daughter really wants to go somewhere, really wants to play, especially beach, but but indoor too. Like she wants to be p- playing post-secondary, highest level she can. So I tell her, I noticed recently when we get into the discussions of a couple things that I saw out there when she's, she's setting or hitting, she's lately been getting defensive, right? Mm-hmm. So instead of arguing with her, I said, listen, do you, like she says, so what she says, is, it's a lot of like, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. Right? Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, okay, so do you, do you want, well, we all do it. We all do it when we get <laughs> yeah. defensive. So I said to her, now I've noticed that you've been doing this. Do you want me to give you feedback? Because like I'm telling you what, uh, so the coach is watching your videos, what they're going to see. I'm telling you, I'm I'm acting like you're not my kid and you're someone applying to my team, right? Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, if you want, mm-hmm. I would give you that information. If you don't want it, let me know. And I'll be positive because I keep telling her, like, you played really well. Here's a couple things that, and I thought that that's what she wanted. Mm-hmm. And so, and she said, no, 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 I want that. I'll be better. Mm-hmm. She understood that she was getting too defensive, right? And she wasn't separating maybe dad versus advice because I you know I'm always telling her I'm proud of her you played really well mm-hmm. here's a couple things that I know it's like you know one thing that she's big on right now I don't think she she won't listen to this but she's big on swing blocking right now right yeah and so a couple times now I said to her like are you swing blocking because it looks better <laughs> <laughs> because there's a couple times where you're out there swing blocking like you're stationary <laughs> And you're still pulling <laughs> pulling away from the net. Your swing blocking was created for people who are cheating on the middle 
and had to get outside fast, mm-hmm. right? And had time. Yeah. Like, you know, you can't, like, so it was like, so, so like, she was playing, she's <laughs> playing a really strong. It doesn't even work that well when no, you're stationary. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not designed, it's not <laughs> no. designed for stationary blocking. <laughs> you don't need to swing block, turning away from the net, doing that. When there's still a great gap. <laughs> yes. The, uh, so, so what happened, what happened the other day? It was that, like, where the no, fuck no, no, are no, you? No, she was outside and they were running a little tempo for their left side. So my, so this player's coming running a loop, very low loop. And my daughter's swinging away to do her swing block. <laughs> She's like barely off the ground and the thump right over top of her. I'm like, <laughs> why you got to look at the player and jumped her? So that was the, and then that's where she was like, no, no, okay, I need to hear this stuff. And then we were laughing about the video because <laughs> she, she was busy pulling away to do her little swing block. And, and then and, and the then spike the, happened. The, the spike happened before she even <laughs> got off the ground. I was like, that's not the idea. So, but you know, we can laugh about it. Because we had the discussion and because I asked her. So if you're a knowledgeable parent, just make sure that it's not assumed that your kid wants to hear that. And it'll change over time. Like you know, a couple of years ago, she was all over it. Yeah, dad, tell me everything. I want to hear it all. I want like, just tell me everything yeah. that I'm doing. I want to go somewhere. And then as she got older, where she's having success on the court and sometimes she's the best player on the court on her team. And then, so she might not want that because her ego is getting there. Well, I was just saying, like, as you get better, she doesn't want it or is it become harder to take criticism? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because she's, you know, getting confident and wants to prove that she doesn't need me anymore. Yeah, so that's where right. I say, don't forget, I made you. You were nothing without me. <laughs> I literally made you right. from sex. So <laughs> uh, I'll put and you back. <laughs> that makes sense. That sounds weird. Um, no, keep but it, keep yeah. in mind, it's also a matter of the timing of when you do it. Yeah. So if you're aiming to do what? say, to tell, uh, to, to, to tell the player, to, to, oh, to oh, ask me. that question. <laughs> Eric's still in reproductive mode. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yes. I, I heard it's about timing. Yeah. yeah. Good time to do it. <laughs> Eric, stop it. Oh, uh, sorry. Grow up, Eric. <laughs> so they say. I don't have kids. You can really tell that Eric's young when the stuff happens. You can't have a mature conversation. Go ahead, Meech. <laughs> I want to reflect on that. Zuby's still wearing sunglasses if you're not watching this. Hey, that's called Hollywood, man. <laughs> I can't help it. Give the people what they want. These brights, these brights are light. These lights are bright. <laughs> Edit. Anyway. Um... What was I going to say? I don't know. <laughs> oh, timing. Timing oh, yeah. about when you criticize. Your, or not criticize, but when you, when you give advice. Oh, Yes, or, or when you ask of the, the advice. So expect expect answers like if you're trying to do it within the timeout mm. uh, and you're running across a <laughs> court from the stands <laughs> saying, do you want advice right now <laughs> when everybody's watching? And, oh, no, no. Know. What I do is I keep mm-hmm. giant chart paper and I write it. <laughs> Uh, giant words mm-hmm. at the back of the bleachers, and I, Stop I scream. Yeah, I scream. <laughs> I, yeah. No, no, you're right. Time. No, but I thought you were gonna say the timing issue is like you know sometimes mm-hmm. there's a car ride home too soon, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's weird. Because it, it's, well, it's not, it's not too early to ask if they want the advice. Yes. Um, then, <laughs> but there's a passive aggressive way where like uh, they're like uh, talking about how well they played, and you're like. Do you want me to go on about the good things, or do you want me to say what I noticed? And they're like, uh, "Well, right now I'm kind of hoping I'm for gonna... okay, because then I'll just be positive with you." And you played a great game. <laughs> Let me know when you're ready for the truth. <laughs> <laughs> That's not good either. That's Don't right. be condescending. Right. Uh, right. So yes, time, uh, time it carefully in terms of 
when you ask if they want their advice. Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. And watching, sometimes like, you know, my older daughter didn't even like watching video because mm-hmm. she got too defensive if things well, came yeah. up or she saw mistakes. And, mm-hmm. and I said, okay, but like, you know, uh, that's not a good quality. <laughs> like you, you need to understand that it's mm-hmm. very important to see. That means that you're overvaluing what, yeah. what, what these mistakes. Yeah. Like if you can't handle watching a mistake on a beach volleyball court mm-hmm. and just, you know, even recognizing it. Mm-hmm then that shows that you're overvaluing this, right? These are these are useful mistakes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if we're talking about them, if your teammate, like her, in this case, her teammate was her sister, mm-hmm. and, you know, and I'm there and she's there and she's not comfortable watching it, we're like, okay, but just remember, in life, you want to be able to admit mistakes and, uh, you know... Uh, well, is yeah, there is there the, mm-hmm. is there a timing element? If you, if you just push them away, though, then you'll never learn. And yeah, no, it, it could be several days later. It was just yeah. In that case, you know, you that in that case, it's to me, it's not even about volleyball. It's like now my kid or is not willing to reflect, like you were saying, Mitch, right? Like this means like I'm going to deny that it happened and not learn from it. That's a that's what was bugging me about this. And I used to tell her, okay, you know, this isn't about volleyball, right? This is about you not reflecting and well, learning because that's something that she does. It's remember how we always say how you do anything is how you do everything. Yeah. So I was concerned because that's what she does in a lot of aspects of her life. She doesn't learn the lesson. So I, I wanted to, I, I needed to tell her this isn't about volleyball right now. This is about reflecting. This is symbolic. This is a metaphor. Volleyball is life. Yeah. It's, <laughs> we always say. Like you, you, you kept seeing that thing that she was avoiding but that maybe there is an element of timing to that that it's just she's just not ready to overcome that hurdle or something like or do yeah. it at that moment yeah like but it's if it's in life though like this is where parents you know no, yeah. exactly that's yeah. what i mean you want you want them to confront it right and like why they're to us saying it now like why later why not like what's the difference between later mm-hmm. now but I don't know. You can get all but metaphysical. I so and you, like, no, I, I, I know what you're saying too in life. Like, you know we I mean? talked about this earlier too, right? Like they have to come to it on their own. And that's what I always remind myself. Yeah. Too. Like, like the concept of people's karma. They well, have. And here's us. the other mistake that parents, actually, this isn't in my list, but this is vital. And I always say this about volleyball parents. I forgot. And you, you actually remind me. Thanks. Uh, that we often as parents hold our kids to where we are now right intellectually yeah. of course of and, course you know and so i always like when i because i always do tell my kids when i was your age i did the exact same thing yeah and they're like and i'm like you know what and that's something else that I, I constantly remind myself that it's okay to let them mess up because i learned it mm-hmm. but i learned it, yeah. when it when it was right and you can't apply your intellectual maturity to that that's why parents can't watch their kids make make mistakes too because like it's so easy why are they hesitating (laughs) well because they're 11 yes (laughs) you're 50 (laughs) you know what i mean like so that's that's a really common mistake i see that play uh and this is also why some high super high level players who are naturals quote unquote in any sport can't coach Mm -hmm. because they are applying their Right. reality which is all we have to someone else so that is a good point that even with in, in the case of my daughter i do often and we laugh about it now because in some weird way the reason why we butt heads is because we're very similar 
Yeah. <laughs> and that happens. Every, I think every parent listening to this will relate to that. If they have a kid that's like them, mm-hmm. that's the one they butt heads with the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, we love each other super close because we, we, and we've recognized this. And when we laugh, whenever something happens, mm-hmm. because we're like, Oh, that's where I got it from. Like, oh yeah. Sure. Right. The, the more, <laughs> the more I think that that can really bring some bonding. That's a good point because the more you can say, yeah, I did that. Look back and laugh when, at it. When, yeah. Yes. Um, and, and look back and, and laugh at it. You can say, oh, well, my mom or dad did that too. Well, that's, um, that makes me feel better about totally. myself because, um, you know, that's the reflection that, that, they, uh, that they as a parent are doing. Mm-hmm. So maybe I could do that too. And they got through it, right? Yeah. Like if your parents mm-hmm. an idiot, then that's bad news. But <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was exactly like you. <laughs> oh, great! <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> uh, right. No, that's a great point. Yeah, they give some hope and perspective mm-hmm. and understanding on where it comes from. I mm-hmm. there's a great line I saw recently where it says, "The older I get, the better I used to be." <laughs> yeah, that that's talks right. about all those fraud coaches out there too. <laughs> like, you know, they're like 65 and they tell everybody they were like amazing. Mm-hmm. Or pros, uh, oh, but it also yeah. but it also applies to parents sometimes who forget that they were just as uh, I think that's what sort of that, that might even be behind it, right? Like it's um, you, you don't know, want them to make the same mistakes, and and, and you you see like those qualities like this is, this is I see this a lot with parents and you know every I think parent does is the qualities mm-hmm. when they see those qualities that they really secretly loathe in themselves <laughs> yeah, that's exactly in their yeah. child they're like stomping that out because yeah. like mm-hmm. it's almost like they're stopping themselves from right. doing the same stupid stuff so mm-hmm. uh, but in, in fairness like reinforcing it. yeah in fairness though like that is a quality that I don't think I think when I was young I was I was very much into watching uh, footage and seeing mistakes and I was very I, I was lucky enough to I think uh, see value in mistakes at a young age well, um, you're, you're more like your one daughter yeah right? it seems seems like it uh, but I think that so what it is I think both kids the good qualities they have are for me and the bad yeah, qualities yeah, are from my wife. I think yeah. I think I think I narrowed it down. Whoa. Pretty much across the board. So. <laughs> wow. And she would agree. Uh, luckily, you know, she would agree. If she were here, what's that? Yes, yes, she agrees. Um, <laughs> I think we both understand. I think it's pretty cl- clear to the listener. And I'm, by listener, I mean the <laughs> No, <laughs> I forgot. Hey, we have more. This uh, that's the pressure, guys. We have listeners. We're yeah. number one. Did we mention that we're Apparently. number one volleyball podcast in the United States of America? Ah, picture and next, didn't next whirlwind. <laughs> whirlwind. Okay, let's zip through this, see if we can get through this. Um, so non-knowledge. Oh, so for the knowledgeable parent, we talked about asking how much you want in terms of feedback. Do you want it now? When do you need it? If you don't want it, that's great. I'll be positive. I'll lie to you. <laughs> uh, just kidding. Uh, non-knowledgeable parent. Now, non-knowledgeable parents, sometimes I hear them talking about technical stuff. If you didn't play volleyball at any sort of club or rep level uh, or a competitive level, don't talk to your kids about X's and O's of volleyball. I mean, or any, if you didn't play like any sport or like, I mean, like that's a good point. Ready position basics are kind of fundamental across sports. So I'm I'm coming to that. Okay. Okay. okay, okay. Uh, Don't steal my fire. Sorry. (laughs) Your your tender. (laughs) My tender. Uh, My tendery chicken. That's a brown, so I can say that I'm brown. Anyway, um, oh, the radio listeners are like, oh, I didn't know he was brown. He sounds so white. <laughs> um, so if you're non-knowledgeable, uh, you can discuss things like fun, 
and effort or those mm-hmm. controllable things. Like, you know, unless this, this gets into if you played other sports, you can discuss mindset, right? If you yeah. played other sports. But if you didn't play volleyball, don't discuss X's and O's. Mm-hmm. I think that's a fair thing to do. Yeah. You can encourage your kid to look stuff up or watch YouTube videos. Again, this is another one of my points, watching professional players mm-hmm. do games and noting things is super helpful if your kid is into it that much. Again, it has to be them that's interested, but bringing that up to them is a good idea. Uh, don't watch YouTube videos from experts. Uh, yeah. it's, there's too much garbage. There's very few really good people online, but there's a lot of people making huge careers off of giving crappy advice. And I've seen people praise them online. I still see people praise different YouTube videos. And as someone who knows volleyball, and when you watch people say, oh, this video and this guy or this girl is great. And you're like, no, they're not. They're just got, no. it's got a huge following online. So uh, watching pro game footage is the best thing you could do with your kid. Yeah. Players, pro- players themselves. Players yeah. themselves. Yeah. Like in like, terms of. Like, like let's say um, even players that um, you, you as a, a uh, you as a player want to be like. Right. Because that's technically where it's at watching their position like you mean in game footage yes yeah, yeah wa- right. and watching the same position that you are 100 percent. yeah 100%. yeah that's how we did it like mm-hmm. uh, that's how uh yeah you know we watched our favorite players online like games youtube videos and that was um, our classroom yeah mm-hmm. uh so do, like meets used to record uh beach volleyball because when we were kids it wasn't there was no there was no there was no there was no internet kids i know that's hard to believe but Mm -hmm. and indoor volleyball wasn't even on tv a lot no it wasn't like the olympics Olympics. yeah so we would record at least the avp was yeah so meets recorded the olympics though and we used to watch those those would be great it's hard to find those matches even the beach stuff but uh so that's watching it was our lesson. We were lucky enough to have they had some commentators who were great players and they were commenting exact and Remember talking you, about those lessons, you know. You can even see the volleyball on those back on that oh like that quality. You yeah. could see the pass and the set, but you couldn't see the spike <laughs> or the so serve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like oh yeah, I know. Where did it go? Because <laughs> they hit it fast and it was great. Yeah, yeah uh, no, but kids today have these benefits. So, like uh, parents, if you can get your kids to watch game footage, uh, new or old, uh, of uh, and like we said, the position player, that's super beneficial. Um, and non knowledgeable parents, just be really careful because I hear them yelling out advice sometimes, and it's the wrong advice. And I hear them also uh, talking about it with their son or daughter, and their son or daughter is getting livid. Like they just, it kind of undermines your, like, you know, stick with what you know kind of stuff, well, right? Yeah. And all this good, uh, like bonding and trust and open dialogue, you're just kind of shitting on it. It's like, that's yeah. the resistance you're getting back. Well, just imagine, I mean, imagine anybody giving you advice on something that you've done more than them. Right. Yeah. right? I think we've all been in that situation where somebody's giving us advice. Mm-hmm. And, and <laughs> yeah. they haven't done it as much as we have. Like, that doesn't, uh, you know. Yeah. So think about think about what you do for a living or what you're an expert in parent. If you do something well in your world, uh, whether you work outside or work at home or in the house or somebody gives you advice on something that you're knowledgeable in or a little bit more than they are, you feel like telling them to shut up. And I think that's you're sort of setting that um, weird area up for your kid where they're not feeling... Like, they're losing trust in you a bit when that happens because that means like they wonder about how many other things you're lying to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. It, it undermines you as a parent, I think. So talk about effort. Talk about skill. Talk. I mean, talk about effort. Talk about uh, you know away from the court 
attitude, personality, how to treat people, mm-hmm. right? Th- those are very important things that you can pass on. And ask your kid, like, you know, I mean, like the, the stereotype is, you know, when your kid gets in the car after a game and something, just if you can ask, did you have a good time? Was it fun today? Or I could tell you weren't having a good time. And yeah. Do you want to talk about it? No. Well, we can talk about it when you're ready. And that stuff goes a long way, I think, more than just like, oh, your coach was doing this. And uh, I saw that you didn't do this and you didn't, your sets were too low. And you're like, mm-hmm. you know, if you can't do it, don't talk about it. I, yeah. I really think that's important. Hmm. I always think it's funny when sportscasters do that. You know, when sportscasters start talking, like guys or girls who work on the sports highlights and they start criticizing an athlete. I'm like, what? Who are you? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> could you imagine athletes watching that? That's why they don't watch it. Because they hear about how what a crappy, uh, like uh, Russ, the broadcaster, thinks I'm a crappy goalie. <laughs> what? <laughs> Have you ever had a puck slapped at your face or a ball kicked at your head? <laughs> well, no, I haven't, but you played miserably tonight. What are you going to do next week? Do you think it was because you went out too late last night? Why don't you shut up, Russ? <laughs> That's how your kid feels, maybe. Um, yeah, I don't think there's anything to say there, right? Uh, this is pretty long. Um, mm, maybe we talked about them. Uh, should I zip through and just see? see Mum- I'll mumble sure. to myself. <laughs> okay, find out uh Okay, uh find out what your child needs after a good or a bad day. We talked about that. Yep. Some players love a pep talk, some players don't. Um uh observe and listen that can change over time too. Like you don't want to just keep like Meet said, you don't want to keep going to like, oh, but we always have these talks after you play. <laughs> that that <laughs> yeah. might change or it might change after a given day, right? Mm-hmm. Or when they get older. They How much know. stuff do you have? Do do we need to do cuz we could probably should we do a whole other part two of this? Maybe. I just feel like maybe we've hit on it. Should yeah. I, I just, that's why I'm just going to take a quick yeah. peek here. Uh, I know what needs. I'll say if we've done it. Okay. When there are problems with coaches, understand that you don't have to know volleyball. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I, I can just sip through these. I'll be faster. Uh, understand that uh, by the same token, if you don't know volleyball, uh, just be aware that you can still, your feelings towards a bad coach or a bad team are still valid as a parent. And it's because it's based on other things. So if a coach is being a shitty person to the players, which is what I see mostly, by the way, most parents aren't upset with a coach whose X's and O's are wrong. They're always upset when a coach is being unfair, yeah, unfairly right. treating people. And so don't the let parent the parent may not yeah. know the technical stuff. Anyway, yeah. So. And, then, and then when they go to raise that issue, the coach says, oh, you've never played. And what do you know about volleyball? Well, this isn't about volleyball. These are so yeah. parents. Uh, this is sort of a reminder for parents to maybe have some confidence yeah. in that regard. That if your, you know, spidey senses are tingling here, you don't need. But, you know, a lot of I hear a lot of mothers and fathers say, well, I'm not a volleyball person. So I'm like, no, no. But wait a minute. If you are not happy with the treatment that's you're a person yeah. you're a human being you're qualified to see that so keep that in mind parents that uh you, these are human issues not volleyball issues that you might be seeing um we said stay away from technical discussions if you don't know volleyball um oh sorry this is when when you are confronting a coach or if you are as a parent i suppose your child is young and you feel like you need to advocate for them uh if you aren't a volleyball player Again, focus on other things that you're saying, and maybe you have to be careful about addressing it. But if you are someone who knows volleyball, you should also uh, stick to the why. So just say, you know, I'm curious. So why are you? Just why? Why do you? Why are you? I just want to hear your perspective, not as not in a confrontational way, but ask the coach, why are you doing uh, that system? Just like curiosity. I'm, you know, I'm hope I'm wanting to learn. No, as the the parent questioning that the and player. Mm-hmm. Um, 
they would i mean you would only ask that if you have an understanding of it yourself right? yes if you are yeah. that's why i said if you are knowledgeable of the game then you should phrase it with if you're not knowledgeable i wouldn't confront because you don't know what you're yeah. looking at what you're seeing but if you are knowledgeable and you're seeing something a little bit crazy or wacky not not like i'm not talking like you know a different philosophy like if they want to play six up or six you know six back or and you don't agree yeah with it. but that, yeah so i think the big question is like so let's suppose you're seeing something irrational like i don't know like the whole team standing on the attack line well like yeah like, the whole, like and you may not even like say you were like a setter when you played and uh you know your kid you can ask them why they're not using six back. And it's not like you need to know the six back system that well, because you were a setter, you didn't experience it all yourself, but it's just like six back is just standard, like around the whole world. So like, mm-hmm. it's not like you have well, to it's not have standard, it. believe it or not. There are coaches that use other systems. So yeah. Right. But I mean, it should it's be just, standard, but it's not, and, and it's not like, <laughs> cause it's six back complements high T defense. Mm-hmm. So it can only work when the other two are done. So Somebody it, actually commented that they thought it was funny that we were talking about this on the show and, Maybe the book run and says no idea what we're talking about. Oh, last time when we were talking <laughs> about well, we were talking about the same six back thing yeah. and the merits of it. And somebody commented how they love our show, but they thought it was funny. They started laughing because we started talking about all the stuff in one episode. And I think we made a joke about that too. But <laughs> yeah. people don't but know yeah. what we're talking about. So. You're doing a rabbit yeah. hole. Okay, but yeah, but I know what you mean. That was yeah. a coach's show anyway, right? I think it. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. we, we have to make sure that we define some things that yeah. aren't, wouldn't be obvious if we weren't playing for. Yeah. I think actually, yeah, you know what we should do? We should do five minute episodes before or after when we record these on the basics of volleyball. Five minutes. Boom. Boom. Positions, everything. So parents will have all those yeah. basic things okay. that, that we take for granted. I think parents out there, let us know if you think that's a good idea in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like uh, let us know if you think we could possibly even do it without getting off topic. <laughs> yeah, if we can keep it five minutes. Yeah, good point. That oh, would be a challenge. That's yeah. true. <laughs> I know, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> What's the big idea?